You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People Won't Save You. This is the podcast where we deconstruct these white saver films and recontextualize them through a black and POC lens. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan Clark. And I'm the other one, Cameron Mason. And it's it's not a good day for me as a, as a Chargers fan because we uh, mm. did what we do all the time and blew a strong lead in the playoffs. And now we're we're going home. Ravens are about to... Screw it up to starting two quarterbacks. Apparently, is is our plan. <laughs> so, it's, it's, it's a plan. <laughs> it's a plan. It's what we got. Um, it's what we got. But what, I'm, I'm, apparently, we got more. We just won't give it. Mm. Mm. Speaking of what we got, we got a good one today because we've got a returning guest and a returning a four time uh, savior. Now wait, at this point, it, I thought it was five. I thought this was the time he gets his uh, oh, time jacket. Wait, we'll, oh. we'll we'll discuss it in a second. But let's bring yeah. out our guests. Uh, you might remember them from our episode about Dangerous Minds. Uh, this is Ryan Coleman. What's up, y'all? Hey, <laughs> Happy man. to be here. Thank you for having me back. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> um, Ray, we were we were just talking uh, about all the different shows that you're <laughs> you're watching and. Oh, yes. and potting about um what like of this this new batch of television that's been coming out mm-hmm. recently is there one mm-hmm. show in particular that's that's standing out to you as like oh man if you're not watching this you need to get on it so for me it would be um a show that came out late last year and that's interview with the vampire for mm-hmm. me that is the must watch and i say that because it's good it is I did not read Anne Rice growing up. I am just new to Anne Rice through the shows. However, I'm critiquing it so hard. In those first two episodes, though they were shot well, great wardrobe, acting well, my issue was the race relations. And so I adjusted it extremely hard. But by the end of the series, they brought me around. So I do feel like if you are... If you're looking for a good show to watch with with complex storytelling and dealing with a lot of issues that make sense for the time period, mm-hmm. and it also deals with a bunch of queer shit. Like there's so much <laughs> alphabet stuff going on up in there. But um, and I love vampires. Like I'm addicted yeah. to like you. You can give me a Family Guy version of vampires. You can give me a black exploitation version of vampires. You can give me Twilight, and I will watch it. I love vampires. So. Okay. The vampires. Top, give it. us, give us your top black vampires. Like who? Top black. Mm, oh, see that's okay. So I want to go with Akasha from the interview, um, uh, Queen of the Dam. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel Aaliyah. like I'm a little biased because it's Talia, <laughs> but nobody will ever top her for me. Um, and from what I've consumed, it would probably have to be her. Um. Shit, but then, ooh, Angela Bassett in, even though it was very temporary, Angela Bassett in um, uh, uh, Eddie Murphy, um, Vampire in Brooklyn. God dang, that just got me. Ooh. Took you back. Yeah, because now I'm, I'm, I'm running through it. I did a, a Vampire series in the month of uh, November last year. Oh, God. Okay, I'm going to just keep it with Akasha just to keep it. Oh, okay. Short and to the point, but I got I got to go. Oh, well, I mean. Come on now. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. 
See, oh, who's gotten in the chamber? <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I have my issue, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, so. I mean, I feel like black vampires are. It's interesting because we have seen the car. Obviously, you got Blackula, um, mm-hmm. and then. Which is kind of rough. <laughs> well, you know, and then and then they got the sequel. Blackula was like not because Dracula and Blackula was like a slave trader. Blackula was like, yeah. "The fuck's wrong with you?" Like he was about to, <laughs> he was about to give it to him until he he got bit and then put in a casket. But yeah, um, <laughs> uh, but then I mean, Gaijin has not literally a vampire movie, but a like, movie about black vampires. Yeah, you know, adjacent, close. Um and then uh what is it was it the blood of Jesus was that Spike Lee's the sweet blood of Jesus yeah. is his remake oh. of Kajin has yeah um I didn't see that one I heard mixed things about it I uh, have <laughs> seen it it is a very mixed bag <laughs> okay. but I feel like you know we definitely can get in there and like have have I'd like to see you know uh, a modern you know, I mean, I don't want to put Nia DaCosta like in the like. Now you have to do this because you, <laughs> you're the candy man. But like, given the the woman, I'm gonna have to look her name up real quick. That directed uh, Nanny, though. Um, Nakatu Jusu is is the director of Nanny, but I'm also like, Nanny. yeah, put bro, yeah, put 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 her together with a woman who wrote Megan and like you might you might have something. <laughs> I, I I heard you wrong. You said Nanny, I thought I'm thinking the nun too. I don't know where that came from, oh, but but no, yeah, no, no, but I'm, yeah, still, yeah, I'm yeah. still with it. I'm still with it. <laughs> yeah. Um well yeah let's let's switch gears to uh the movie that we're actually here to talk about. Ray Ray, tell us what movie because uh, you, you were you were stuck yeah. between yeah choices but you ultimately decided on on yes. the movie that we watched tell everybody what what movie you chose the bodyguard the 1992 bodyguard the most should have been a vampire film of them all <laughs> with the bodyguard mm. yes okay okay, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah the bodyguard that's my Misha was the Dang. play of the night yeah, true which did we ever actually get like what that movie was about i don't think so no, no. It's just a movie, and it existed. <laughs> well, because she's amazing in it. Apparently, I have nothing is apparently from this that film, right? So that's part of the reason that she's there is at the at the mm-hmm. Oscars. I think she's nominated for the role, but also for the song yes. because like for the song as well. Uh, yeah. Somebody is Her singing it. Yeah. yeah. Um. So interesting. Okay. Like <laughs> I thought, because then she like. I mean, we're skipping ahead a little bit, but then, like at the nightclub scene, like I think she's dressed up as the character from the movie. Okay, from the movie. I, I thought she was just eccentric, but th- that makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> makes more sense. I was like, I thought she was. A- oh, she's just a weirdo that likes spandex <laughs> like, and hey. uh, yeah, plating about her body. Well, because she was, she was doing. <laughs> it's true. It's true. She was like premiering her music video. Which we Ever. never saw, uh, like we saw we the, got the background of, of yeah, we saw the video. Um, and just a real quick non sequitur, I will also throw in if you're looking for a black vampire movie, watch Vamps, which stars Grace Jones, uh, because she was I, I got Grace Jones vibes mm. from the outfit she was wearing. Okay. Um, 
but I forgot about that movie. The, oh, it's a it's a it's eighties to the max now. <laughs> need it, need it in my veins. Um, but I I think we've all I, I asked before the show, and I think it's true. Like this is the first time we're all seeing this as yeah. adults, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a very different experience <laughs> as somebody who has seen many a film at this point, as opposed to like 12 or 13, you're just like, yeah. it's Whitney Houston. <laughs> you know, you're just like, yeah. Um, what, what was your, your first impression having watched it after all these oh years? Oh my right? God. It was that you don't meet your idols. You do not revisit <laughs> the things that were so great to you as a kid. Um, it, it was it wasn't hard to get through. It was just like, wow, wait, did my mom and other adults feel the way I feel now? Because I was like, some of this shit ain't, some of this ain't right. But it, it was a humbling experience. Okay, <laughs> what about you? Humbling is that sounds like a good word for it. Oof. yeah, this was a this was a weird one. <laughs> That's honestly all I can yeah. feel. <laughs> I just saw, like, I just finished it an hour ago, and don't. There's whole chunks of this movie that is just like that never happened. <laughs> I mean, not obviously it's fiction, but like, ain't mm. no way. <laughs> as as one Aretha Franklin once mm. said, "Ain't no way, <laughs> ain't no way." Well. Just getting into the the basics about the bodyguard came out in 1992. Uh, it is directed by Mick Jackson. Who? Who is this nigga? I've never <laughs> heard of Mick. Jackson. Got a great name though, but I've never heard of him in my life. Yeah, like I wish he had the same birthday. I saw the name and like <laughs> I I read it four different ways before I was like, oh, Mick Jackson. <laughs> okay, I don't know who that is. Uh, but he directed this. How he got the job ostensibly is he directed this movie called L.A. Story which is a romantic comedy written by Steve Martin, starring Steve Martin. And um, like Lawrence Kasdan, who again is not only the writer of this movie, but you might know as the writer of many a Star Wars and many a Indiana Jones. (laughs) Many Uh, a Star (laughs) Wars. So an acclaimed writer who like has like legit, not just like hits to his name, but like, some of the best movies of all time <laughs> to his name. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um and we're talking like the big chill is him. Yeah. Fucking Oh, my favorite wow. Dreamcatcher. <laughs> it's a gem. But it stars Kevin Cosner, Whitney Houston, obviously, Bill Cobbs, uh, Gary Kemp. And it was the second highest grossing film of nineteen ninety two behind oh, wow. Aladdin. <laughs> Um, and Jesus. currently, I think to this day is still the best-selling soundtrack of all time. Um, that's real. It sold over forty-five million copies worldwide. Um, and it won the Grammy Award for Album of the Year, um, in nineteen ninety-two. So, it is a movie that has prestige behind it, but also, uh. Received seven nominations at the Golden Raspberry Awards, including Worst Picture, Worst Actor, Worst Actress, and people just getting on Kevin Cosner for his haircut. Um, so, <laughs> yo, what was it? It's definitely not the haircut he has on the poster or in the trailer. He claims that he was 
modeling himself after Steve McQueen. Um, but you know, like Kevin Cosner, first of all, Cameron, let's, 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 let's do it. Settle this. Right. So you said five. I'm, let me, let me count through. Black or white. Black or white. Hidden figures. Uh, Dance of the Wolves. That's three. And this, was there another one that I missed? Oh, and this. He's got more. So I he's, mean, he's, he's got, got more. He's in got the a chamber. hit five. That's, here, let's do it. Let's do it. Let me just go to his. Uh, because uh, his I know that he's right got um, McFarland USA, which is a movie where he yeah, inspires uh, Hispanic kids to run cross country. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Your boy all. does not yeah. give up. Um, there could be more. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. This is the interesting thing about him, right? Like. He is all over the place, right? Like right, right now, he's on Yellowstone, and also has like a Fox Nation show about like loving the the frontier or the wilderness or some bullshit like that. Like, did the whole thing Dance with the Wolves, like trying to promote you know indigenous people, but also like moved indigenous people off their land to build uh, a casino. Or something of that sort, like what? you know what I mean. Like he he is a he is a man who tries to what? have it all, <laughs> and uh, I can't say that he's succeeded, but I can't say that he's failing either because he's still out here getting these checks and being, you know, touted as a not just a leading man, but like a you know, a force in Hollywood. So I mean, yeah. What do I know? I, I guess you're right. Also, <laughs> I guess you're right. It's it's four, but. We're getting there. No, I mean, hold, it, hold on. It, it feels, it feels <laughs> like ten. Yeah, I mean, th- this, these, all. I mean, we watched. I watched at least the four-hour version of Dance with the Wolves. So no one told I, you to do that. No one told you to do that. Somebody had to watch it just so we could be thorough. But boy, that's, was that a... You're right. And it wasn't just the four-hour version. It was on like one of those free streaming sites that has commercials so it was, oh, so it was four like hours plus hours. ads of whatever i was yeah. why it was not good um could not could not yeah. pay me no <laughs> could but, not pay me cam let's go ahead and get into these these five minutes here seeing as you yeah. just watched the movie i feel like you've you've got got it the freshest in your mind i will go ahead and yeah cue up the clock um but let me know when you're ready to <laughs> try to get into this <laughs> Sure, let's let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Uh three, two, one, go. Alright, so the movie starts out with Frank and he is Frank is played by Kevin Costner. Um he is a pat it's spoken that he is used to be a Secret Service and we catch him in the middle of protecting some guy. That's it, it doesn't even matter who the guy is, who he's protecting him from. He's just got a gun and he's, he's killing serious. a man. He's <laughs> killing a man. He killed a guy. And an uglier guy and he was protecting an uglier guy, which I was confused about. Uh but anyway, cut to uh Rachel Marin, who is, you know, played by Whitney Houston. She's just hot off of uh the movie Queen of the Night. Where she sings several songs from the soundtrack. She is Academy Award nominated for her role. And on at some party in the dressing room, uh, a bomb is placed in one of her gifts and it goes off. 
So they they worry now. They're coming for Rachel for some reason. Somebody hates her and wants her dead. And they got to get Frank to do it. Frank is, you know, obviously reluctant. They go, uh, Bill Cobbs, you know, you remember as the old black man from every movie you've ever seen, uh, is Rachel's, I guess, manager, right? I don't know what he does. He, I don't know what he does either. Manager. He's, uh, he's manager. in some lead position in her camp. Yes. His name is Bill Devaney here, and he has hired Frank to protect her, be her bodyguard. And he's reluctant, but he's good at his job, as shown by like him throwing, you know, throwing knives. He, uh, but like he needed a little warm up that day. Apparently, he couldn't do it the first time, but he was like <laughs> right on point for all three knives that he had. All the other three knives. Yeah. Uh, either way, so uh, Rachel's camp is getting a little worried that you know this this killer or whoever is coming closer. Uh, and they need like you know high class techniques. They need high high level techniques to protect her. So you know he comes to the house. He finds out it's very easy to get into the house with multiple name, multiple fake names. He's, he's right in the house. They're filming the music video for Queen of the Night, and uh, he walks right on the set. And Rachel meets him. Rachel meets him right there, and she's stricken by his presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I guess, you know, after a while, he, he reluctantly, again, becomes her bodyguard. Uh, he, you know, I guess there's like a couple of scenes of him meeting people in a camp. He's meeting uh, Rachel's sister, Nikki. Yeah. He's meeting uh, Fletcher, her precocious nine-year-old son who loves boats. Loves boats. Problematic. Loves boats. <laughs> uh, we meet. <laughs> He's a problem. He's, uh, oh my god, and I just got how that's, uh, fucking foreshadowing. Oh, oh god. Anyway, I just got that. It just happened. In the middle of this five minutes right now. We also meet Tony. Tony is her, like, actual bodyguard in the moment, but he's just gonna be, like, lesser on the crew now. he's straight out of The Sopranos. Yeah, straight out of, a dude straight out of The Sopranos. I forget who he actually played on Sopranos, but he was there. Uh, and... Yeah, so that's like the team basically, and, and the show, and the black, the cocky black chauffeur oh, is, is Ken, is Ken Kester, the, which is the only time they mention race in this whole movie. We'll get to that, but uh, but he's the yes, the cocky black chauffeur, uh, and yeah, that's the team. So over the course of the movie so far, we're, we're we go to various press events because uh, Rachel's got various press events that are leading up to the Academy Awards. So there's uh, most notably a. Um, a performance she's supposed to go to a club and perform the song for queen of the night for this club appearance so they go to the club it's all looking gravy uh but then you know rachel's paranoia starting to get to her and you know frank is doing his best to like you know keep it keep it under wraps then maybe he might feel a little a little closeness to rachel uh-huh. but e- either way uh something goes down and it's not really. She gets a. It's, it's, she gets a note, she, like another one of those like creepy. I'm gonna kill you notes. Yeah, she gets the um the no handwriting uh cut out of the National Enquirer note. Yeah. Uh, it says I'm coming to kill you, and that sparks paranoia at the at the musical performance, and they kind of end up protecting her from nothing. Nothing really happens, but they're like desperately trying to protect her, and you know it, it gets it gets the fever. Fever are running, I'll say. Yeah. Because when they get back, uh, Frank is trying to keep it professional, but 
Rachel's like, you know, you want to go on a date with me? Yeah. Oh, man. You're getting there. You want to you go on a date with me, she says. So, you know, Frank is like, he's trying to be stoic. But instead, he's like, you know what? You've cut to the core of me. So I'll take you out. So he takes her out to go see Akira Kurosawa's Yojimbo as, you know, as, you know, most 90s men do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but he says that, you know, it was because of those samurai movies that he was compelled mm-hmm. to protect Compelled to protect people, you know, the same way uh, Yojimbo had to protect the people of the town in that movie. All right, so time goes on. He also mentions that he, yeah, used to be Secret Service. And, you know, he's got a couple of his colleagues running around. Oh, but don't forget, the key point is, is after that, at the end of that night, they sleep together. And then they oh, wake yes, up yes. the next day and he's like, that was a mistake. Can't do he that anymore. He was like, I shouldn't have did it. And when Rachel's Houston's like, "Fuck you!" What? Dog. Yeah, and, and says and says, "Fuck you." Mm-hmm. Also, by the way, sidebar: way more convincing "fuck you" from a pop star than Beyonce's "fuck you" from Dreamgirls. Sorry, yeah. ha- had to say it. Beyonce, it sounds like Beyonce never said the f word once in her life, and she and Whitney Houston says it like four times in this movie, yeah. and each time I was like, she talked <laughs> like that. But then Beyonce went on to say it a lot in subsequent albums. He was like, "You know what? I need to I need to get this down." <laughs> yeah, and then I, I shut my mouth. <laughs> so consider my mouth shut off a of Renaissance. <laughs> um. So yes. So she gets uh. Uh. Well, also the next the next day, after they sleep together, and after uh, he considers it a mistake, she yells at him. They're kind of separated for a half a second before the stalker calls the house it's not looking good he he, he what moans yeah. into the phone well no. that's 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 also at the they go to this party i don't party? know what it is it's some Obviously. kind of weird party that she's having to celebrate her nomination to celebrate and the academy that, yeah nomination. and that's where she meets one of frank's old like old co-worker bodyguard. bodyguards old co-worker bodyguards yeah and like then she's just Secret like service oh you know frank i'm gonna sleep with you here at this party right now. Also, yeah, immediately. Um, <laughs> like, at the party, mm-hmm. in, like, the other room. But that was, not like... even too far away. No, this is a mistake. And the other dude's like, actually, no, I'm gonna maybe rape you right now. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, you know, Rachel had to, like... almost end up with a rape scene for some reason. And then Tony, but... who's actually doing his job, but not really, because he's just... He's trying to flirt with somebody. He turns around and is like, oh, yeah, you gotta go. Oh, uh, <laughs> you gotta, I got to do my job real quick. And kicks, what's yeah. his name? Portman yeah. is the guy. Yeah. Kicks him out. But, uh, and, and you know, there's there's tension there. There's tension there. Yeah. And then um, she gets the phone call of somebody like moaning into the phone. Yeah. So she gets a call that somebody's moaning no into the phone, all creepy like. And uh, Farmer gets the idea. Frank gets the idea. I can't protect you under these conditions. But she says, why can't you protect me under these conditions? He says, I I just want to get real freaky. I want to take you away. I just want to take you away from this. So his plan is that he'll take him to his dad's ranch, like somewhere far away. And so they end up going to the ranch. Uh, Nikki, Fletcher, everybody goes to the Everybody's going to the ranch. Well, he, Tony, they leave. The driver. They leave. I think they leave Tony and they leave... Yeah. Uh, sigh and they leave the driver they leave, Cy, they leave yeah. basically they leave everybody the around except for like her sister oh, and no, the driver's her there. son the family yeah he's there the driver's mm-hmm. there okay 
All right, poor brother. Yes, because I, I remember him after, in the aftermath. Yes. He, he did a lot of standing <laughs> no, in the truly. back. <laughs> <laughs> sniffing, sniffing her breeze. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she won't uh, so, yes. So, the idea is that Frank takes them up for a lovely, you know, maybe month away at the cabin. And uh, uh, it, it, it seems safe up there, but Frank is still doing his due diligence. He's still checking around. And they're hanging out. They're having dinner with the with the dad and mm. exchanging stories, and things are cool. And uh, one night, uh, well, I guess it's the next day. They're out. Oh wait, no, this. Is... Okay, okay, I'm still on. I'm still on track. This. Uh, so they go out. Uh, they're hanging out yeah. by the pier, basically. And suddenly, as they're talking, they remember that oh, she had a son. <laughs> Where is my son? Oh, he happens to be out with a motorboat leaving the pier. And suddenly Farmer recognizes that that might be a flaw in his security or it's a blind spot. And he runs out there and he's like, Fletcher, no. Everybody's, Fletcher, no. You shouldn't get out the boat. Because allegedly he can't swim, according to Whitney Houston. She says that. Because he can't swim, which is also racist. (laughs) But... Big old, big old lake. What's he doing out there? You, you gotta have better sense than this kid. It's like also like twenty degrees. Yeah, get smart. So of course, farmer jumps into freezing water and and rescues Fletcher from the boat, even though he can't swim. They swim to shore, and they're like, "Oh my god, Fletcher, thank you." No, they're yeah. mad at him. They're like, "Why the fuck did you do that? Why did you well, save my?" They're child mad at him, but they're also like, "Thank God you're safe. <laughs> thank God you're safe." And then they start to think for like half a second that the boat couldn't have been armed. There's like a half a second's thought that no, it was a boat. It was a regular motorboat. What was I thinking? Oh, <laughs> the boat explodes like right there. It's perfectly yeah. timed, by the way. It got just far away enough to safety. Mm. <laughs> but yes, the boat exploded. So obviously there was an attempt on her life. And they know that this person mm. knows that they're far away. So they're, you know, sequestered up there. And it's one lonely night, you know. And Nikki, uh, Rachel's sister, is on a tear. She's she's drunk. Mm. She's had far too many vodkas. And uh, Frank happens to walk into the kitchen to see her drunk. And at that moment, she confesses everything. That she was the person who called to have the murder done. She, because, like in the first murder note, she said that Rachel has everything. And like the song, she has nothing. And Rachel confesses that she cries and she's she says that she called somebody, but she doesn't know who the person is and they don't know her. So all the co- bases are covered, apparently. But uh, that night, while she... what well, No, she confesses. Uh, Frank takes the bottle away from her. She decides to go to sleep that night. But the next morning, she comes out and decides to sing some gospel because maybe that'll assuage her from from the guilt that she's got on her chest. <laughs> She comes out here to sing some gospel, and Rachel hears her from a distance, and they decide to harmonize together. It's, it's quite so. It's quite lovely, and in that moment, <laughs> wait, that yeah, night. He, it's that night, right? Yeah. that happened right before the boat. The singing, the yeah. singing. Oh, that happened right before the boat. That the no. Yeah, the I love yeah, the singing yeah, happened yeah. before that the boat. Was the and then the boat and <laughs> then that night. Oh yeah, when she confessed. And that, that was, night when she confesses. A hitman shows up. A hitman is present on the premises. 
and manages to find Nikki first and kill her specifically. Yep. But not Rachel, who's the ostensible target. Yeah. But, you know, hey, I, it's not my movie. It's not my movie. And then Kevin Costner does a barrel roll out the window oh. and, like, <laughs> literally <laughs> dives out of a plate glass window. This is the second, like, window and chase he's, like, right. had in the yep. movie, by the way. Chases the person into the woods. He shoots. He misses. Uh, but Frank also learns that on a phone call that uh, that the police have apprehended the actual stalker. The stalker that you, the mm-hmm. audience, have seen at this point. So, who is the murderer? But we don't have enough time to figure that out because the Academy <laughs> Awards are right around the corner. And we have to rush right back to Hollywood to get there. So, they're scared, but... They still have to go to the Academy Awards where she is, you know, set, basically set hmm. to win the Best Actress Award. And she's also nominated for Best Song. So, uh, also, Rachel was given a uh, a little panic button in a clasp by Frank as, like, a sign of, like, hey, if you're ever in danger, you just press on this and I'll be there like, Michael ja- like little Michael Jackson. <laughs> and <laughs> so... Uh, it's the Academy Awards. She's a little tense, but they they pull up anyway, and uh, they get to the awards. Frank is doing his best to like you know scout the territory, scout the perimeter, make sure everybody's good. Uh, they get to basically the stage where she's supposed to perform the song. She ends up not performing the song. Somebody else has again the dastardly job of singing in a movie alongside Whitney <laughs> Houston and singing the same song that Whitney sang earlier. Oh. fails miserably. <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 no. Didn't fail miserably, but you you know it was it was it was the odds weren't in your favor. No. Either way. Uh so somebody goes up and sings the sing, sings a song for her. Uh but they have she has to present best original song, which her song is nominated for. So she after a tense moment in the wings looking for a possible murderer, a possible killer, she has to go up and present. She goes up and presents with this little pretty boy guy. And they're supposed to be having banter that, you know, is on the teleprompter. But it's it's not going well because she's too worried about who's in the audience. Mm. Who's who's going in that pocket? <laughs> what, what's going on out there? She's having a little Malcolm X moment up here at the Academy Awards. <laughs> she can't even have the banter because she's too worried looking at other people's pockets. Uh, and just before they announce the award, she freaks out and she goes backstage. Uh, and she's and she's nervous, but her song wins. I have nothing wins the award. E- either way, she's back in the dressing room. She's freaking out. She's telling everybody, "You turned me into a maniac, Frank. You turned me into a paranoid maniac. This wasn't me before. Now I'm now I'm worried and all these things." And somehow, Frank gets her to calm down, and says, "You you got one more award. We got to get you to your seat before they announce best actress. We got to get you to your seat. You got twenty minutes left." Rachel manages to calm down. She says, okay, okay, I, I will do this. I will go outside and I will I will sit in the audience. I will collect my award. And she manages to get all the anxiety out and go sit down. And just then, Frank goes out back to the wings and he's putting it together that, wait, Portman was here at this job, but now he's not here at this job. Where is he? He's, he's not where he was supposed to be. That cameraman is not that cameraman. <laughs> like, she, he, he puts... He does the whole conspiracy theory in his head in 30 seconds yep. and is able to put together that Portman was a killer 
And uh, he's now holding one of those giant television cameras that's like also, it looks like it's tied <laughs> to an Uzi. It's got a, Which is also not the kind of gun you would use to do this job. It's before. got a laser sight on it. It's an Uzi with a laser sight attached to a, ca- a giant television camera. Like, so it it's is, all kinds of stupid looking. It is designed specifically yes, for yes. this moment. For this moment. <laughs> like, yes, no there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> this is not, yeah, this is not a reusable weapon at all. <laughs> um, so he's scouting he scout the area. They're announcing the award. It's a tense moment. We're going back between the nominees are... Uh, and Rachel wins. Rachel wins. She stands up in this moment of glory. She stands up. Farmer's able to see that Portman's over on the side with his goofy <laughs> ass gun and his laser sight ready to attack. And Rachel finally gets up on stage. She lifts her arm up, arms up, but Farmer sees that the gun is right across the room. He runs out during the moment and jumps in front of the bullet and manages to take the bullet for Rachel. She, he gets shot like, twice or something like that. And every, it's a confusing moment because they're trying to figure out who the blood, whose blood it is and where the blood is coming from. But even though Farmer's hit twice, he still knows. He still knows it was Portman and that motherfucker is over there. And so he shoots him. It looks like he shoots him in the chest and in the yeah, gun. Yeah. Because the gun explodes and then a light mixture explodes sure next to him. And like just blows up his face looks like it's one of those like lovely 90s like villain deaths that's like super gory in the moment but like you can't really tell because there's so many sparks and blood yeah that it looks gory for that half a frame and it's like oh yeah that 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 Mm. that did him he's not coming back no uh so portman dies uh farmer was able to take two bullets for for rachel and they're scared, they're worried, but they're able to rush them to the hospital. Fade to uh, the next day where Rachel has got to get on a plane to go somewhere. <laughs> She's got to get out of town. Uh, and they've got a, a new bodyguard. they got an old man bodyguard. And <laughs> Frank shows up and he says, I got you an old man because like, you can't be trusted. Uh, you can't be trusted with your bodyguard's uh, heart. <laughs> and they're on the tarmac. They're taking off. They're, they're taxiing, about to fly off into the sky. And she says at the last moment, wait, 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 wait. I love him. Over the door, she runs across the tarmac and hugs that <laughs> crippled man that well, she crippled. But Cam, what, what song is playing over this, this sequence? The iconic Dolly Parton cover, I Will Always Love You, Please, as they hug and kiss Fade to Black. That's the body. Oh no! Then we cut to Frank at like a Friars Club meeting. Oh, where he's oh just my god! Like I, t- I forgot about the, the most expensive looking shot in the movie. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy shot, but we have to see this somehow. Yes, that he's at a Rotary Club dinner. Like, sure, I guess maybe a year down the line or whatever. Yeah. And this person is accepting an award at the Rotary Club, and we, the camera swoops down through a table, and we. Zoom in on this uh, the person who's accepting the award, and they're holding a cross. But we can see that Frank's in the background, still garden bodies. Yep. And then we have a the ending shot of the movie is a freeze frame on Kevin Costner looking right. off to the and side, <laughs> looking off to the side at Terrible. the cross, <laughs> this... 
which is just like the most fucking bizarre yeah. way to end this movie. Yeah, that's the bodyguards. That's the bodyguard. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> I did my best, guys. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Yeah. What what a ride. Not the film I remember at all. At all. <laughs> I don't remember that ending. I forgot that, and also like that is the most expensive looking shot in yeah. the movie. The camera literally is over everyone swoops down mm. over a table comes back up zooms and does like the dual split diopter thing where yeah. you see mm-hmm. the cross and him mm-hmm. come on guys well just a little i'll give you i'll give you a little trivia uh that that, that it might have been a tie between that and then the the shot where she runs to frank off the plane because apparently yeah. they had built a whole dolly system that was supposed to track and follow her down because they didn't mm. want to do a steady cam so they had the dolly track follow her down and then it was supposed to get to kind of like um you know like a circular track that they had built around mm. them to like you know have mm. that spinning shot oh yeah, um, yeah but they only tested it once and when they did it it was going too fast so the cameraman fell off the <laughs> the the dolly and then had to get back on to finish the shot but that's also the shot that <laughs> they used cop. in the movie they used that take yeah i guess it was yeah they were just like that's actually not bad so like it looks good but it is it like, looks good you know, i did not know yeah this. they just they just like it just flew down and then when it switched Dang. onto the the spinning part like it just went too fast you know I hope he he could, uh, hold on but <laughs> he did uh, it he, I mean, he's, yeah, a, yeah. he's a he's a G. Yeah, that man needs a needs Definitely. a race for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, this movie is four yeah. movies yes, and agree. one movie, yes. and yes. none of those are good movies. And so it's an interesting <laughs> dynamic oh, because it's well because it's because if if we had stuck with one, it might have worked. But because we right. bounce around so much, it's like it's at first a very nineties. Yeah style action thriller like it's not uh you know in decent almost, ex- no go ahead go ahead oh i was gonna say it's not a decent exposure or like fatal attraction or anything on that no. level because it's not as racy as those but it is trying to imitate that style of like romantic mm. thriller because there's you know yes. there's a whole you know assassin subplot and like you know like mm-hmm. the, the creepy guy mm-hmm. calls on the phone and you know she's like getting these uh disturbing messages somebody jerked off on her bed like there's all this like weird what? stuff going on <laughs> and uh, you know then there's there's <laughs> moments of like it'll 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 abruptly transition into these moments where like there's a car chase or like kevin costner has to jump out a window or you know like jumped out of two windows yeah like do all these other things but like they come out of nowhere and with no like build-up so all of a sudden you're you're jarring from what seems to be this Mm. dramatic romance right into like full-on like 90s action kevin costner as you know like he runs parallel with a moving vehicle that pissed me <laughs> off. Maybe yes. two minutes. <laughs> it wasn't until it went on too long that I realized <laughs> he's keeping speed with the with yeah. the speeding car. I was like, no. It no, would have no, been no, one no. thing if he had, because he like cut through the the compound to get to the other side. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, he's taking the shortcut. The car's turning. Got it. But and then he's losing there. But then he's like still running with it, and I was like, yeah, what? Car's going sixty miles an hour. Don't, <laughs> don't lie to me. <laughs> so it will, car's going sixty miles an hour. It will go through that, but then obviously there's the musical breaks where like, hey, do you want to watch Whitney Houston <laughs> sing? 
for a little bit. That was actually kind of interesting because, like, so that is the the last shot of, or the last couple scenes of the movie are like that, the Academy Awards, right? And then we just cut to her singing the song. Yeah. After like mm-hmm. after the, we go to the hospital with him, she's just singing yeah. the song. Yeah. And it's this. It's actually kind of beautiful and feels like out, like like mm-hmm. he's out of another movie where it's just a shot of her and then like the other half of the screen is like the glimmering background and she's just singing the song and it's actually kind of beautiful and like nice to look at mm-hmm. but it just yeah why it wasn't why? for another movie or anything <laughs> yeah. oh yeah why See? yeah so, it sounds like it was as, as jarring of an experience oh, for everybody else too right what did you what did you um, what did you make i of? I enjoy the bodyguard. What are your What are your biggest problems with the bodyguard? Because it seems like something some things have clicked for you um, on second. Well, view. Kevin Costner as Captain America was really interesting. Um, <laughs> for me personally, and this is even with a 2023 mindset or a 1992, I question whether the role of Rachel was supposed to go to a black woman because there were a lot of things that Same. just with the security of her home. Like the call box. Well, yeah. Let's talk about this. Let's let's talk about this. Let's let's go into it because oh, I feel absolutely. like there's many moments. Absolutely, along with I, the security I, of the house that point to it. I don't know if it was initially now, supposed to go to Whitney. I think okay, I've got, you I got, got the, some answers, okay. but I want to hear the conversation. I, let's talk about one the house. I there I don't know a single one black person or black woman from the '90s that's leaving their house open. No doors unlocked. You're not running in and out of my house. Why was this gate? You are a mega multi-level. You are Beyonce. Was, you are Michael Jackson. It was pretty run down. Like yeah. we did, we didn't get into that. But like the the intercom was broken. The gate was not necessarily secure. There was other things that seemed yes. to be in disrepair. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't explained That's what I'm why saying. it was like that. It, it was, just was. Ugh. Like, they didn't say, like, oh, she's new money because she grew up poor and then she got this house cheap or whatever. Um, then the, her son. I don't know any black woman, especially a single mom, which is like, did he explain where his dad was? Um, who has a child and isn't going above and beyond and I, when i say that i mean folks who live in the hood folks who are in the suburbs folks who are in the city you have a black child and you're not taking the necessary precautions to make sure that that child is safe. like i just and then even the pushback that she gave frank now i was on her side because like I was, whatever her but like if you have to hire a bodyguard okay simply put you are not the first celebrity <laughs> to be stalked in the history of the world. You're not the first celebrity to have an attempted, be attempted murder, whatever. You are a black yeah. woman in America. No matter your status financially, you are a black woman in America with a child. Like, a lot of these decisions, if you've hired this man, which, what the hell is Tony doing if Frank was hired at all? Why is he still here? If I gotta hire Frank, Tony, you gotta go. You're not serving me. <laughs> you're not. You're not serving me. So, like, I feel like she played fast and loose with her life and with her child's life when you agreed to have this man take I I just wonder if this is like a general role that was written and like, oh mm. I don't know, um what's the pretty woman? She could play this role or, or Sandra Bullock or like oh, yeah. I, you might have the the actress who was supposed to play this role in your notes, but even with that, 
knowledge, I was like, this doesn't feel like a black woman to me. I'm... Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, because in hindsight, the first time mm-hmm. we meet her son, he's playing with a boat beside the pool. This boy can't swim. You tell me this three times, and he's unsupervised by a big ass swimming pool <laughs> holding a boat. Like, if that boy, t- nobody's watching him. There's no cameras here. If that boy just tips mm-hmm. in, you know, accidentally, like he's Die. probably going to drown and nobody's going to find him because you're a shooting <laughs> queen of the night. So, <laughs> like, why is, why is the one place he's at the one place he should For that foreshadowing. That's it. By himself. Yeah, I. You know what? It's embarrassing that I didn't put one and one together when I was watching the movie, because it, it's mm-hmm. almost laughable. It is laughable. Yeah, I did like I his introduction. <laughs> I love boats. Nigga, learn to swim. Why do we have this pool? Well, he was like, he was like, "Hey, Kevin Costner, do you like boats?" And Kevin Costner was like, "Nah." And he was no, like, yeah, liar. that's exactly <laughs> it. That's exactly <laughs> it. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> I wish you would have said that. That did read as accurate. That little black boy just being like, hey, shut up. Everybody <laughs> like boats. Everybody like, yeah, I know. Shut up. You know you like a boat. Um, yeah, Cameron, did you have further thoughts on, on the casting? Well, it, first of all, <laughs> and this is like production stuff. This isn't like the narrative of the movie, but Kevin Costner is producing this movie. I, you know what? These are all people I would love to work with. You're all fine people. You're all fine people. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to say that right now. Okay. Kevin Costner, if you produce this movie with Whitney Houston, the not not just like the highest grossing like musical star of the age, the highest grossing black R&B and pop singer of the age. You're not gonna put like one black man in her life. Like, if you got her sleeping with both agents and like also wanting to date and all this stuff, why can't one of them possibly be a black man? Because like the black men in this movie are like all the waiters, all the servers, the driver, and her manager. Not sexual objects at all. Yet every white man that crosses her path and they look is like, like mm. you seen that <laughs> long ass back? Oh, get some of that. Like it, it, it baffled. It baffled me honestly. And also, <laughs> it, it's like Kevin. Co- I love them. I, I, I love them both. The performances. I love the performances in this movie. Actually, I thought they were very good. But they have the chemistry <laughs> of peanut butter and onion sandwich. Like. <laughs> What? What? You did the screen test. You got to do screen tests. You got to like. How, you, how did you come to this conclusion? If y'all saw each other kiss, you saw them kiss, and it looked like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit of his character, you know, that he's playing aloof and playing like mm. you know, like hard to get, like I'm, you know, hard, mm. hard, hard nut yeah. crack. You know? That's one way to put it. Yeah. But. <laughs> what the, the sexual tension? Where? Where <laughs> aware was the sexual tension? <laughs> so it just it just rings to me as like I, I, I don't know what it honestly rings to me as because the first choice was not Whitney Houston, but then again, who else would it have been? Because she's like the obvious per- she's like mm. she was gold at the moment. 
1992. She was literal gold at the moment. And the, the way she sings on the soundtrack, it's like, this soundtrack is so iconic now still. Yep. You know, like, it's like no one, there, mm. no one else could have been in the role. So it's like, how did, how did we get here? <laughs> so I will, I'll, I'll return to the conversation because I also have my own thoughts. But here's some of the answers you might be looking for. So originally, this movie was conceived by uh, Lawrence Kasdan. This was like one of the first scripts he had ever written, like way back before he had produced anything. So this is the script that, according to him, got him his agent and got him, you know, noticed in Hollywood and all this stuff. So the original interpretation was supposed to be Steve McQueen and Diana Ross. Right? What? So that's that's what he was originally aiming to do, right? And so the... I guess it took just a long time because, I mean, he did this way, 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 way long ago. He got noticed in Uh, Hollywood in 1980. Yeah. Actually, Empire Strikes Mm. Back is his first gig, by the way. Um, So then it was it was proposed in the mid 70s. Diana Rusty McQueen got rejected, you know, kept trying to make it. So then in the late 70s, it was supposed to be Ryan O'Neill in Diana Ross. But because Ryan O'Neill and Diana Ross, who had been dating, uh, couldn't couldn't cooperate, I think they had started to have a falling out. That also got nixed. They dated. Yeah. Uh, so then, just these were the names that were being proposed because Kevin Cosner had worked in a movie that Lawrence Kasdan had produced, and uh, you know, like just this seems to be a trend with Kevin Cosner. It's like he'll read a script and just like love it. <laughs> Like, just okay. he just wants to do it, and like nothing will stop him from doing it. So, this was one of those that he read. He read before like uh, Untouchables and like Field uh-huh. of Dreams and all that stuff. And then, like, once he became like a star, like he was like, Oh, I want to make that movie one day. So, proposed were Pat Benatar, Olivia Newton John, Madonna, Joan Jett, Debbie Harry, Janet Jackson, Terry Nunn, Kim Carnes, Dolly Parton. Bruh. But <laughs> you turn, I saw the way your face turned on Dolly Parton. You were like, "What now? Mm-hmm. Um, what's this now?" Apparently, Madonna had made a joke about Kevin Costner at some point uh, in 1991, and so he was like, "I don't want Madonna. Yeah. Like, she can't." That's crazy. Come here, because um, actually, Madonna ended up making one of these kind of movies yeah. this year. She made Body mm-hmm. of Evidence. Yep. In- 92 which is actually <laughs> actually freaky um that movie that's a freaky ass movie if you ever want to see uh wax get dripped on a willem defoe's chest <laughs> in front of a fireplace um, check that one out but kevin costner seemingly had mm. Whitney houston in mind and like that's wanted her specifically and so as the producer of the movie he was like we're gonna get Whitney houston um Watching a behind-the-scenes conversation, you know, just on the making of the film, they intentionally did not bring up race in the movie. You know, like Kevin Costner is like, it would have been, it would have complicated things in a way that was unnecessary. We didn't need to see it. That's not what the movie's about. Um, you know, Whitney Houston, obviously, because she's getting paid to be in the movie, mm. said similar things. Uh, <laughs> we, let's, yeah, yeah. We uh, let's talk about that. I feel like let's talk about that towards the end because I feel like there are thoughts. Yeah, uh, to be had there. 
But <laughs> yeah, it seemed to be a, a decided choice by everybody involved to not make race a part of the film. And it's just, it's a romance between two mm. people. That's how they described it. Not anything about race at all. But a couple of things. One, right, you know, like Whitney Houston, arguably the biggest celebrity in black America around this like she is huge yeah. she is a big deal yes. you know what i mean and like her and bobby brown are like this power couple like there's a whole mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch of stuff going on right um and so not a black movie but by proxy a black movie. people are coming to see this movie because as yeah. what used to it so we're gonna go watch it you know what i mean um and it does feel weird that she doesn't associate with any black people. She doesn't know any black people. <laughs> like her driver's black, I think, by circumstance, not necessarily like, you know, it'd be one thing if it was like, oh, these are all like, mm -hmm. you know, family members or people that I know or, you know, whatever. So like, I'm, you know, my sister is my, you know, whatever she is. And like my driver's my cousin. And like, you know, my the driver's the only person that gets called out. Yeah. Racially. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, and so you've got this whole thing where it seems like she is very, I don't know if there's a conscious effort to like not associate mm -hmm. her with black people, uh, but it, mm -hmm. she, she doesn't. So <laughs> it feels weird. And even at like the show that she has, it seems like there's not a lot of black people there. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's confusing. Another confusing thing. They go out on this date. They go to, I think, mm -hmm. a country and western bar. They do. Under the guise that she will not be recognized here. How? Which is confusing because, I, look, I just watched this episode of Jeopardy yes. where they showed a, a picture. Not, they wasn't like, they just said the name. They showed a picture of Rocky Marciano. And the guy who answered was a white man, and he said, Sonny Liston? So, <laughs> what? I know. You're kidding me. No. Uh. That's a real thing. I need this clip. We need to post the clip on the Twitter, because that's. So, it's, it's not like, yes, there is the thing white people think black people look alike, et cetera, whatever, whatever. But, like, she is nominated for an Academy Award. Like, she is a huge celebrity mm -hmm. in the world of this right. movie. Yet, multiple times, she goes out into the world. Yeah, she's not wearing, like, an extravagant outfit or, like, millions of dollars of jewelry or whatever. But, like, mm -hmm. she's not covering her face. She's not doing the sunglasses and change routine. She's just out in the world. Yeah. Frank's dad is like, I think you're a singer. Sorry, I don't know who you are. You know what I mean? And it's just like, yeah. What? How is she? How is she as famous as your try? She has this huge house, you know. She didn't get the money from nowhere, right? And yet she's able to just go. Like, not one person in that country and Western bar filled with white people are like, you know. I think I may have seen a movie with a woman who looks mm -hmm. just like that. <laughs> and so, like, it's again maybe not an intentional thing. I don't know if, if the movie starred a white woman if they would have gone somewhere else, but like yeah. 
It would have gone to hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> would have gone to freestyle. But it, it it just kind of felt like another moment of like, do they not know her because she's a black woman, or do they not know her because yes. she's a pop artist? But even then, like, I do many a white celebrity not by choice just because they were a famous like mm-hmm. michael bolton I, I never listened to michael bolton mm-hmm. music i knew who that man was i could <laughs> recognize him on site because he was yeah. just ubiquitous of the times you know and yeah, i feel like yeah. it would have been a similar thing even mm-hmm. in 1992 like billboards mm-hmm. commercials magazines Right. uh you know tv She's nominated interviews. for the song as well as it's, like the movie the yeah. song's probably on the radio mm-hmm. you know what i mean like on the radio. i don't know how you could not know the only time she gets recognized Brunch. in public is at that uh restaurant where frank is about to like <laughs> stiff arm that little girl yes <laughs> yeah. uh, and her mom, back away well, little yeah. bitch was, back away <laughs> i mean they were they were running up on her type aggressive so maybe you know <laughs> i don't know but yeah it, so there's a lot of like because the movie is trying to intentionally not bring up race you just mm-hmm. notice it more because there's questions that you're just like but what about this? Or like, yeah. why is this happening? Um, and then mm. specifically when it comes to the romance. So let's let's talk romance specifically, but also like the strange decisions they made with Rachel's character. Because like, I don't know how I was supposed to receive it. But <laughs> like the way that the movie puts things together is one, Rachel... All we know about mm-hmm. Rachel is that she's famous. She has a kid. Um, somebody's trying to kill her, right? Like, <laughs> we don't, <laughs> we don't know. Like, like Rain was saying, we don't know how long she's been famous. Is this like new fame celebrity, or has she been, you know, famous for a minute? Is this like a comeback for her, or is this like her first real taste at like mm-hmm. mainstream celebrity? Um, we don't know, like what her interior life is like because the movie does a lot of assuming Mm. and leaving you to assume right like watching the behind the scenes they talked a lot about how oh well you know it's clearly a romance between like two people who are like lonely and like can't have uh you know these these genuine relationships because of their job and like all of these things that's that a lot. I was like i didn't see that that's in the movie because <laughs> you know if they had built it up that way where it's like, oh, you know, like Rachel, like they kind of try to allude to it where they go to the nightclub and, and, and Sai is like, she needs this. This is her life. She needs to be performing in front of people or otherwise she's going to die. She's I never die got that from her. I know. Yo. <laughs> um, and so it would have been one thing if it was like, oh, she is somebody who is actually very lonely, you know, because of the life that she's built up. And like now Frank is cutting her off mm-hmm. in order to try to protect her. So like, mm-hmm. you know, she, she never leaves the compound. She, she only comes out for, you know, these public mm-hmm. appearances. She can't see her friends. She can't, you know. And so like this relationship starts to build because these are two people who are in close contact with each other all the time. And like she, because like the, the, her mm-hmm. asking her, him out on a date, was like wasn't even like a it 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 felt like it was supposed to be a situation where it's like okay you know we've we've just spent mm-hmm. so much time around each other you know what i mean 
And like if if she she phrases it slightly like, hey, if I can't be, you know, allowed to go out on my own or whatever, you know, then like somebody's mm-hmm. gonna take me out. Might as well be you. Like, let's go out, let's just have a good time. Because she she prefaces this with, you know, well, what if I wanted to like see somebody and like what if what if we decided to like go back to his place like are you gonna come and are you gonna watch and yet just a few scenes later she meets a random man at a party and says i'm gonna have sex with you now and goes off into another room so in reality if she just wanted to like bring guys home and like do whatever like what's the difference because right, Frank wasn't right. watching. He wasn't, like, outside the door. Mm. He was still at the bar Green. telling off uh, <laughs> Pat Benatar, who tried to come through and, like, spigate him. And so... He was so funny. And, yeah, he wasn't that rude to her. He was like, no, Jezebel, like, get away. Get away. I've been, I've been watching you all night from across like, the room. Yeah, you should go back over just there. Say no. like, Frank. Just say no. Just say <laughs> yeah or i'm working or you know some variation anything of that, but anything else but he was like he could have just said no just no like, <laughs> that would have um, been fine but what, what we ultimately get though from this relationship at least to me it felt like a very strangely paternalistic like frank mm-hmm. is the adult and he's the one who has the answers and he's the one taking this seriously this death threat against her the safety of her of her child of you know everybody in her in her camp because in the beginning of the movie when that doll blows up only only my guy the chauffeur catches the strength yo (laughs) everybody else is fine and nobody else seems concerned about him and even he's just kind of like part Again, of the, the job, chauffeur? I guess. No, <laughs> just like damn, it's not, bro. It's not. <laughs> um, but we get she she has a lot of these like oh, bouts man. of just like childish mm. behavior of just like acting erratically and like doing yeah. things out of spite. And it's one thing if that's built into her character where she's just kind of like she was a child star and she grew up and she was always used to getting her way. And she, you know, like isn't used to somebody telling her what to do or like having, you know, but it's not really stated. She just kind of makes rash decisions and then immediately regrets them, which confirms that Frank was right all along. And then like they have a strength like she sees him and is immediately like, which yes. And I was like, I don't know the fascination oh, yeah. with Kevin Costner as like I don't see sex it. symbol. He's fine. Yeah, it's, it's he's okay. It's instant. She she <laughs> sees him and stops. Like she turns around. She's like, and then oh, and that's the problem. It's you. I no, it is because he <laughs> he's not. And this Speak is you it. know I'm queer. That's why. And so I objectively can look at everyone and say, oh, she's handsome, cute, whatever. This man, even in 92, is not exceptionally gorgeous. And my issue with their relationship comes (laughs) with one question. And if y'all can answer me this, whose movie is it? Is it Frank's or is it Rachel's? Whose movie is it? That's the problem. If we had gotten, instead of his opening scene, an opening with her going on a date, on the phone with her mom, walk through the house to see a picture of her white lover and her son so that one, we know she likes white men, two, she has a social life, three, she's a um, celebrity who is going in and out. Maybe she stops at her son and he's like, well, mom, can you stay home? Mm-hmm. No, mommy, you gotta go out. Like something. So replace 
that opening scene with yeah. him because we don't need that. He everything he did in the opening scene he does throughout the whole movie. And so I say all that to say it's that any you, you could have taken five minutes to build this woman's world, even the world building. World building. The world building we got about Rachel was through Nikki and that picture on the wall. Well, she's like, oh, we were kids. You know, yep. I started a band and then she came in. Well, so it is frustrating and it's aggravating when, like you said, there's so many things that are happening off screen that you want us to believe are true. Like, oh, well, I just want to go to brunch with my friends. Well, who are your friends? We've never seen these people. Are you talking about hmm. Cy? You talking about <laughs> Driver? Like, who are you talking about? So yeah. to circle back and to be like, oh, I'm into him. If we had a picture of her and a bunch of her lovers and they all were variations of this particular white man, then sure. But like, he's not, he's not drop your jaw, get eyes turn to heart. I mean, he's, no. He's not ugly, but come on. Well, he's. But is he not, he, though? I mean. <laughs> well, he he's built his brand as classic which, American man. Who wants that? You know what I mean? Like, like that's... again, and, and no, because there are people who do, but like, again, bringing race back into it, Rachel, as a black woman who's a single mom, who's a pop star in the 90s. Yes, who clearly a had a child with a black very, man. A black person. <laughs> like, an insane thought, right? All day. Like, what? <laughs> what are the, I guess my thing is, what are the other pop stars in this world in 92? Because now I have no like who's the Bobby Brown of this uh, universe? Who is the mm. um, Tevin Campbell? Yep. Who is the the male uh, pop star? Like, who is the who is the black? I don't even who is. The... Where, where's Johnny Gill at? Yeah, Johnny <laughs> Gill. Oh my, yeah, we aging ourselves. This podcast. this podcast is for thirty and over. Well, because my question is so there's a specific scene right that I was just like, what's going on at the party? Uh, they come in and and Parton is there and like him and Frank are catching up and you know then Rachel comes over swigs his orange juice which she knows he drinks and is like gross right. this is just juice <laughs> which, which is like, I think she did that for uh for Portman that was yeah. more like I'm drink juice <laughs> I get drunk <laughs> but then she's like oh who's your friend and he's like yeah dude I used to work with and she's like great to make you jealous, I'm going to sleep with him right now right in front now. of you. But mm -hmm. let's think about that for a second, right? You are mm -hmm. Rachel Marin, international celebrity. Like, that. that is a move that, like, a regular person does where they're like, oh, I'm going to cheat on you. And it's not even cheating because they literally mm -hmm. slept together one time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's basically a one-night stand that she's having – these feelings and emotions over and she's like i'm gonna i'm gonna cheat on you with not, i don't even know if you right. know this guy like that or it's just a guy that you worked with one time but in order to make you jealous i'm gonna sleep with this guy instead of what is the high key power move that a celebrity can make that the rest of us regular people cannot make is oh great talk to your friend i've met a supermodel <laughs> and we are now going to go into this other room and fuck the fun. supermodel in that room because it's like that's that's the that's the separation is right it's like oh okay like you know frank 
Frank mm-hmm. in regular life mm-hmm. could not pull Rachel. Like, if they weren't There's working no, together. I don't know. I don't know. This world is crazy, man. I've seen weirder. I've seen weirder. And I feel like... So this movie isn't for that couple that I'm saying I've yeah. seen because I have seen them. Yeah. But they are... The the, the percentage is like... But like yeah. that power dynamic, less than though. One. It's less than point zero five. Like, but where, they exist. Where they would he so even, like, meet her, front. though? You're like, where would they even, you know yeah. what I mean? If it was a rotary club. In her party, you could just walk in without a ticket. Because how did... But that's the... Uh, on stage, uh, we can climb on stage. But the thing is that Rachel, Rachel could just, on like, Rachel could pull anybody on just principle of being who she is, but also has access to, like, very attractive you know, high caliber, uh, like supermodel, mm-hmm. pop star, athlete. Like, look, I'm here with the star mm-hmm. player of the Los Angeles Lakers. Have right. fun <laughs> with your little friend. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go over here and have a drink. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that, friends. That, that's that's the power move of like, oh yeah. Did you forget that I am like a goddess celebrity that like does? I don't need you. I can do whatever I want to do. Yeah. You just work for me. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's the put down, not like, oh, this is your friend. Let's go into another room just because I'm still bitter about what happened yesterday. You know what I mean? Like, it just felt like that's something that, I mean, she she, she mm-hmm. comes off very a childish. A lot of the time. Number of times throughout the movie. The but it's not. I think her character yeah. just doesn't feel real. No. <laughs> Yeah, like, it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like real people are making those decisions, especially no. like the security decisions. Like they'll literally mm-hmm. go from like I don't need you to yeah. get the highest level security we can. Yeah, in like the matter of two, three scenes, mm-hmm. or sometimes like it's the reaction to something that happens. Well, because it's even like something that happens. See, so let's let's talk about the greatest scene in the movie, the iconic scene that everybody to this day continues to parody, which is they're in this nightclub. Right, she has been threatened with death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, well, she's literally white savior. So this is the reason uh, we're having this podcast is because of this. She sees, you know, like they sell, they send poor Bill out there to 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 talk everybody down. You know what I mean? This like fifty-something-year-old man is out there in front of all these people hopped up on whatever they're on. And he's like, yo, sorry to tell you, Rachel won't be coming tonight, even though I'm sure you paid money to see her. And this was like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. advertised performance. And then Rachel just comes out because she can't bear to leave her adoring fans hanging. She pushes Bill off the stage. She's like, <laughs> look, I have I look like I'm coming Rogue. out of Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Let me <laughs> That's pull yes. this <laughs> and get to this performance. She starts performing. What is this club? Because she is on a platform, not but maybe three feet off the ground. People can yeah. easily, they're not even climbing mm-hmm. on the stage, they're just walking on the stage. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, this is a club that it feels like Tony and Frank are literally yes. the only security for, again, a Oscar nominated actress <laughs> at a club. She's there's nobody else's so people are just coming and that's the thing like Rain was saying this isn't like oh like somebody's trying to kill her or like somebody like people are just on yeah. stage like people are dancing with her they start to like mob her and like everybody starts to come on the stage Frank is like shooting a fire extinguisher at people and like then 
she gets pushed off the stage and they start like carrying her around the club and she's like having she just freaks out like she just disassociates you know what I mean? honestly no. just vibes and then 30 percent of it does not make sense frank even to the viewer comes in and just like cold cocks a few people like picks her up it's like wait 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 it picks her up yes. and then kicks a man in the face <laughs> And like just strong arms pulls her out of the club. Apparently he's he's coordinated with driver who's just waiting in the back. Tony Which, has to walk why home. Was, I don't know. This movie. <laughs> right. yes. And then and then you know and, and that's the impetus for her to say, "Oh, like I love you because you saved Girl. my life." Although it's just like that a, club, no, truly. should shut down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to say, is that what that's what got you? That's like. He, he, he picked you up and carried you out of there, but also like made several people in the process. Yeah. Like blatantly, yeah. blatantly kicked a man in the face. Shot a fire extinguisher into somebody's face. You know what I mean? And he was like, Violence. I need <laughs> That's that. what gets me going. <laughs> That's the man that I want <laughs> to protect me. Because let's, let's get to the bigger. Is Frank good at his job? No. Ish. No, I'll, I'm going to give him ish. I'm going to give him he's good ish. I don't know how good he, he's he better is, than but Tony, he, but like he's better than Tony for sure. <laughs> because this is this world is is in my mind akin to over the top. Yes, where over the top is a world that purports that people know arm wrestlers and like arm wrestling is a thing that is on ESPN mm. and like there's a tournament that like people watch and they can identify. You know mm, their favorite uh, arm wrestler stars, and this is a world in which people know who the best bodyguard in the world is. But like, it's <laughs> like people yes, people right. refer to Frank as like, but you're the best. I heard you were the best. How? You're the best, but it's like by what metric is he the best? That like, man? how do you <laughs> how do you come up with that, and why is it universally agreed upon that Frank is the best? Because all, like s- multiple times, she is in danger. Yes. she's in danger at the club. Hundred percent, hundred percent, all the time. 100%. And she is. She he lets. I don't know if it's just because he knows Portman that he's like. I guess they can fuck. But why? And would... I'm okay. <laughs> with, with and then, honestly, that was like sort of like what I was thinking in that scene. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Oh, I guess that's your boy. So like, no, yeah, that... yeah, he can get a little bit of something like. That's so fucked. Oh my god. Bro. So she just lets them go off into a room together. What's the well, I mean, you know, the boat, but it wasn't even like how could he have known the boat? Because he he apparently wasn't doing the due diligence to make sure there wasn't a bomb on that boat. Yeah. And wasn't watching her child who yeah. also got onto the But was boat. that his job to watch I don't I don't I, know what his job Fletcher. is. That was Nikki's job. <laughs> my job is not to watch Fletcher. No, truly. I mean uh, apparently Nikki wasn't watching Fletcher either because nobody was watching him. He just he just went off into doing whatever he wanted to do. And then like yes, he saves her life at the end, but only because like Cameron said, makes a 30 second like Sherlock-esque, you know, like, like literally does it all deduces it all. Yeah, just like, oh, Portman's not here. I guess he's the killer that we've been looking for all along. Which is just that random cameraman <laughs> why? I've observed shouldn't be standing there. That, you don't produce award shows. How do you know that? <laughs> I, I know. I know. Bro. I know. So I know. it's like, 
it, it felt it felt very much it like made no sense. the movie got to that point and they're like, oh shit, somebody does have to be trying to kill her. Who would it be? Uh, what about Portman? <laughs> because they, they went through the whole thing. This is like mystery 101, right? It's mm-hmm. like, I have to be able to guess. Yeah. You know, like even if I can't like i shouldn't know it you should be doing your best to disguise and Mm -hmm. like you know misdirect but it's like what would ever give you the idea that portman was the killer because he showed up one time yep and then he showed up again tried to get his phone on it and she was like no so that that's reason to murder mm. especially the academy awards (laughs) yeah oh you're right right. you got shut down oh i'm gonna kill you in front of everybody but as a killer you're bad at your job. Very. You had her alone in a room. So you could have like, you know, what I mean, you had so many you opportunities. Just injected it with something. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't want to say I'm. I know. But you watch. I don't know that. You watch TV and stuff though. That. Yes. I'll, that yes. didn't make sense. I'll, I'll tell you why it didn't make sense to me. You have two people after her. One who's obsessed with her. One who's trying to kill her. Right. The yes. fact that he was so aggressive, borderline rapey yeah made me feel that's what threw me off from him being the killer i thought okay maybe he's obsessed but like again like you said if you're yeah. if your job is to murder her yeah you're <laughs> the only person in this room but like you can't give her something that will delay the death like yeah I, like you being sexually aggressive to her does not compute with oh i was paid to murder you like who assault- but why did he even show up if he wasn't trying to kill her at that party Right. <laughs> like it's the perfect opportunity to do that if that's what you're you trying to s- do you, you just want to scope her out and see if her body still works so <laughs> later he'd be like i killed the body wait body used to work no, no, <laughs> I, I was just scoping it out at the party and wh- so yeah i mean there's all kinds of just random occurrences like that because like why show us multiple times creepy dude who's like collecting items from her who also frank is not doing a good job of like locating that uh, man because he apparently I, they never clarify who nope. got into the house I was, whether it was yeah. creepy dude or uh portman but like somebody did yeah. uh I, I thought that was so it's 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 one of those things that only happened in the 90s mm. where the killer is out there and then they show you the killer yeah like in the middle of the movie they're like this is the guy who's doing the weird shit like they did that in this movie, they do that in like Last Action Hero. Yeah, they do that in a ton of movies, or in, I mean, Die Hard. They show you the killer in Die yeah. Hard. Yeah, dude did look you know? mad creepy though. Yeah, that uh, lace front. Yeah, yeah. But then at another <laughs> point, Frank <laughs> yeah, lace front. beats up random Hispanic uh, hotel worker for what? <laughs> oh, and then whoa, just whoa, says whoa. sorry, <laughs> walks away. Says sorry, but then the the wife is also right there and like, please don't beat him. Please stop beating him. Please stop beating my husband. She should have shanked him. There's no way. Yeah, I. And he was just like, I, my bad. Yeah, <laughs> you can't even speak English. He just beat the shit out of my English speaking man. I hate this movie. Because why did he fight him? That went nowhere. Like, we saw the AIDS, yeah. um, AIDS rights gala poster charity. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But I was like, none of this connects. Like, no. Yep. what are you saying? Like, nothing. You're, ob- you're obviously not doing the work. No, because, like. Because me sitting at home with minimal information was able to be like, not him. Don't don't be odd. Don't, why you beat him up? Right. Now you wasted time. You know, so that's, that's her bodyguard. Guy <laughs> out here beating up hotel staff. 
for no reason. No consequences and, faced. Uh, no consequences for family him. men. Yep, and, and just going around like not because that's that's the thing, right? If there was a thematic tie-in where it's just like the closer he gets to her. Mm-hmm. the less good he is at actually protecting her. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's that like balance of like, oh, you like I'm losing sight of what I came here to do. No, he's just negligent generally. Yeah. <laughs> like, nah. well, he's the because, best. Well, because and here's the here's the most random thing that they try to throw in to give him credentials is that he used to be Ronald Reagan's security guard, but wasn't there when <laughs> Ronald Reagan got oh, yes. shot. But also, Ronald Reagan wasn't shot directly. The guy missed right. every shot. A bullet just ricocheted off the car and hit him. So technically, yeah. it wasn't even like they didn't not do their job either. Like those <laughs> Secret Service agents, <laughs> it wasn't like they fucked up and Reagan got hit point blank. It was just like a freak accident that a bullet hit him. And so like that's frank's claim to fame is that he wasn't there when reagan got shot he was off that no day. he was bu- he was burying his he mother. was at his his mom's funeral oh yeah and so that's like i don't know if it's like i mean it's i don't know what that means you know nothing. what i mean like it's <laughs> it means nothing <laughs> like they bring it up multiple times it's supposed to be some kind of like deep character thing for him but like it doesn't yeah. equate to anything because mm-hmm. if you know what actually happened like it's not it's like, right. there's no <laughs> and everybody also everybody who's going to go see this movie in 1992 knows that thing that happened <laughs> yeah. also the reagan thing by the way they refer to it as the reagan thing every time and we're like oh you mean when president reagan got shot yeah and we all know about it like somebody a, a shooter came out and tried to get it done and it's also a weird like they have a lot of like real world things and then a lot of fake things and they try to combine them together like all the celebrities at the academy awards are fake rachel are obviously fake. a fake celebrity but also like a re- like because if, if if you're just making shit up like why couldn't it have been like a fake president that he actually like there we go saved right and like right. he took a bullet for a president and had to retire from the Secret Service, but still does but some like limited work here and there. What are his credentials? Because he played football. Football. And first of all, that West Virginia team must have been ass. Because if he's your starting <laughs> tight end, that man is 5'6". What is happening? <laughs> he was fast. He said he was fast. That's to be a receiver. <laughs> like, be a receiver, nigga. <laughs> he played tight end. Yeah. He, I hate him. I was, I, he was like, yeah, I'm like... You're a fast tight end. That kind of doesn't matter. You gotta get, you gotta tackle, bro. You gotta block. You gotta do all kinds of other shit. And yeah. and to mention, they don't specify. I'm assuming Rachel is maybe let's say 25, 26, and Frank is like, sure, 30? late thirties. Yeah, I'm saying, hmm, that haircut. He thought that haircut was a good idea. I'm saying late thirties. <laughs> so he's still <laughs> making mistakes. He's still running what like a four two. Is what this movie wants Easy. us to believe. Easy. You know? It, I mean, 4 2, he ran against a car that was going 60 miles an that hour. That wasn't even like going around curves. I was like, no. My nigga was on grass. <laughs> he, Captain he America. wasn't even the same terrain. He ran, he ran down a boat. He, he from, sure did. From house, from house to house. He sure pier. did. He sure did. <laughs> he, that's the first Avenger, truly. That was that's, uh, before Captain Marvel. It was him. So I don't. The first event. I don't really know. Like 
that's but that's what I'm saying. So he's like, as it's in this movie, he is portrayed to be the greatest white man living because man. like yeah. instantly yeah. the most attractive because Whitney Houston immediately is like, even oh. though I can be with anybody yeah. on the planet, I want this man yeah. uh, like able Neither to one. able to jump out of windows, chase down cars, moving boats. Uh, mm-hmm. Carry Whitney Houston and kick people in the face at the same time, and give a full <laughs> kick to the face to that person. Like he went down off of that kick, um, and like beat up random hotel staff and face no consequences. I, like he's just he's just able to move throughout the world, to do whatever he wants to do, and everybody's just like Frank, you're great. Like I, you know, I'm sorry I ever doubted you. I'm sorry. Like she apologizes to him multiple times for, for not. Listening to his directives, which is Fuck like, <laughs> I hate him, bro. I do not like him. But that's the thing. It's like this romance kind of feels gross and like paternalistic mm-hmm. because she's just like, yeah, you're my protector. Like you're, you know, the person who's supposed to keep me safe, and and for that, I like love you unconditionally. And have no like asks of you, which feels like that specifically. Be- well, specifically because it's a white man and a black woman. Like again, I know they didn't bring yeah. up the racial dynamics mm-hmm. intentionally, but it kind of feels weird. It is weird th- that she's so like beholden and like even at the end, right? She's about to get on the plane, go do whatever she's about to go do, and like stops the you know very dramatic 90s you know like stops the plane runs off has to go and like make out with him uh on the tarmac but like i don't get the sense like at the end when frank is staring off into space is he thinking about whitney houston no his next job because you get the you get the impression that when she's singing i will always love you which is the song that they listen to in that country western club together Mm -hmm. that she's dedicating that to frank Mm -hmm. yeah so she's thinking about him Mm -hmm. but it's never made clear if he's still like no it's not i because because he could just not he could just retire and like be with her if that's what he wanted to do like he doesn't have to go be a bodyguard so like he again i guess because lords Caston loves your jimbo was like i'm gonna make the noble sacrifice and not love this woman even though she clearly wants me to be a part of her life i will go off and stand behind this priest at the friars club because <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm supposed to do <laughs> look this movie has white male fantasy yes absolutely okay like think about it you get to be super nigga you get to run 60 miles an hour at 45 yeah or whatever however old he is um you you get to make out with like the hottest black woman (laughs) to black woman in 1992 yep she's got the voice of an angel Mm -hmm. she's a a god-fearing woman Mm -hmm. You make up with her she's like, too. and you get to you even get to live the salacious part of it and make out with her sister a little mm-hmm. bit. And she's like a multi-millionaire, mm-hmm. so she's taking and care she of you. Yep. <laughs> like every every Tom, Dick, and Harvey <laughs> in the world in 1992 over the age of 38 was like, 
I could do that. Am I gonna leave my wife on black? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Mm-hmm. So, like, I I think we also have to just give give a little bit. Of, let me pull this up because I I I feel terrible for her. I'm gonna give black acting school. Um. To the sister. To the sister. Yeah. Because what a thankless job Man, you have. Shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Michelle Lamar Richards, Nikki Marin. One, you're in a movie opposite Whitney Houston, right? right. You know what I mean? Houston. So, like, automatically star of the movie. <laughs> All right. Look, you know, black woman in Hollywood, <laughs> hard to get a role. You know, a lot of I'm grateful to be in this movie. You know, I, I get some screen time. I get to be opposite Whitney. I get to, you know, do all this other stuff. I am the jealous sister who gets rebuffed at every turn by everybody. everybody. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't get to have a singing career because Whitney is the star. I don't get to be with the basic unseasoned white man that she loves because he, he denies me. I basically am out of the movie for at least 45 minutes because I'm not needed <laughs> in these scenes. <laughs> I, I reappear only to be revealed as the low-key villain and then immediately get shot. Then I get three seconds of uh, come, come walk to me, Jesus, and then nobody <laughs> says my name again. <laughs> like, Rachel, it never is like... And I dedicate this award to my sister. Come on. Or like... Not yeah. a single moment of, I love Yeah, fuck family. You know what I mean? What can I do without mm-hmm. her? She said. She's just like... But she is everywhere. She's like, gotta press on. Gotta, gotta go Which get is this like... award. Can't... <laughs> Toxic. <laughs> gotta love this white man. You know, even though... Yeah, mm, mm. He... But have y'all seen him? Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. it's just like, wow. Thank like, you. you... Look, I hope you got a check i know you didn't get a bag but i hope you oh. got you know some <laughs> something from this movie yeah, something yeah. because that's that's a rough gig to try to pull off and then like cameron said you have to sing with whitney mm-hmm. you just sing with whitney <laughs> on screen it's recorded forever mm-hmm. like if if i i'm sorry i, I if i was playing a sister i would have woke up that morning in the trailer just like damn 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 okay <laughs> just drinking like lemon <laughs> all kinds of lemon just just hot water just, just hot water diet for the last mm-hmm. two days my my vocal yeah. cords have been never been cleaner i got an idea can we just can you just dub me over um, with uh janet jackson look, or carrie or... something it just bring the voice down a little bit lower yeah, yeah just bring it down a little bit lower i want to harmonize like, sort of yeah this is terrible because rachel came oh in with God. with a mad michael jackson to Tito energy, where she was just like, "Oh, you singing?" That pissed me off. That pissed me <laughs> off, bro. Let me. me uh, yeah, yeah. you singing because you're not doing it right. <laughs> Let me show you. That it's a little pitchy. Off. Let me. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me course correct. Follow, follow la, me. Follow la, me. La, this is the <laughs> Why are you down there? <laughs> like, what are you doing, Sam? Yeah, that's terrible. Um, I, oh, I, I, I literally over the course of those three scenes, I was just like, I. Sis, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Did they tell you this was no. going to happen so quick? <laughs> they didn't give it the last, the last like 25 pages of the script. I, I do. They didn't show her. I want to say another thing that makes me feel like that Rachel was probably just generic white woman, and maybe it's a regional thing. But her son, one Fletcher, what is that? But Fletcher never yes. referred to Nikki as Aunt Nikki, 
And nope. for me, as right. a black person, there's no way. Like my, I have an aunt Nidra. I call her aunt Nidra. I've been doing it or auntie or auntie or. There's no way. I'm just like Nidra. What you doing? What? <laughs> what are you talking She's, about? He says it. He, what doesn't he say? Like he says it to um to Frank. He says Nikki. Where he says, "Oh yeah, Nikki he left." Said, are you Nikki afraid something. because of what happened to Nikki? And I was like, "Who? Who are you talking <laughs> about?" And so. I was like, nah. Yeah. I, I for the fear of a hand just reaching into the room and smacking my Listen, lips, I would have never come back from the dead for that that specific reason. Like, uh, but yeah, my bad. Go ahead. You you're right about that though. You're right Mickey? about that. Bruh, not your friend. Well, I will say, I mean, let's 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 kind of end this part of the discussion on that, and mm-hmm. that if you changed. Rachel to a white woman. Does this movie change at all? Is it, or is it the same film? I think it plays smoother. Mm-hmm, I agree. Like it plays like I don't think of these things. Yeah. And I feel like white people don't think of these things mm-hmm. either. Oh no. It, I mean, like you know, this whole movie—it's like the elephant in the room a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That is a black woman mm-hmm. who is like. Seemingly obsessed with white men, even though she has a a one hundred percent nine years old. There's no, there's no way around it. There's no way I'm not thinking about mm-hmm. that. Right now, if this is Madonna or you know Julia Roberts or mm-hmm. something like that, I'm honestly con- probably going to focus on the actual like what? sexual nature of their relationship, mm, okay. or, like the sexual tension of their relationship. Which is not good. I mean, like, I, I feel like the bottom line is even if you switch it out for one of those other actresses, like, the movie's still 30 I'm minutes too long. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> to do, there's yeah. a lot of structural things that, like, it's not going to fit because, um, I mean, another piece of trivia is that Winnie Houston had no acting experience, but also no acting, like, lessons before this movie and, like, was asking if she should get acting lessons and both Kevin Costner and Mick Jackson were like, don't do that. Just come to set and we'll like play it natural. And so like everything she, you're she seeing, yeah, everything you're seeing on screen is just her first time Charisma. on a movie, just being Whitney Houston. Um, and so like, while yes, you probably could have got a better actress, you know, just on a pure technical standpoint, like mm-hmm. somebody who was like a better you know, like able to pull off a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. The role doesn't ask a lot. Yeah. You know, in terms of like being able to show off it asks a lot of range, but like range that's not a cohesive character. It asks mm-hmm. you to kind of go right all kinds of different places just on a dime. Like you just have to turn around and now be upset and then you have to turn around and be solemn and then you have to turn around and be eccentric and then like, you know, all these other things and not really build that into a you Person. know three-dimensional character but like you know I, julia roberts i guess would have been she could have done the role but like it's not a good role in terms of like i don't think an actress could have elevated the movie yeah i agree more than whitney used to did because the best parts of the movie are when she's singing and mm-hmm. so like if yeah. if somebody else is singing these songs and they're not whitney houston yes. you know what i mean it's like it you know that's why people Again, it's the greatest selling movie soundtrack of all time for a reason because mm-hmm. Whitney Houston is yeah. is killing it. So like, you would have you would have lost so much of the appeal of the movie mm-hmm. if you had just 
substituted simply an actress or even got another singer who may have been a better actress but not as good as a singer yeah. like i think the trade-off they made in terms of choosing you know the best singer of the times mm-hmm. and maybe you know sacrificing some of that acting ability mm-hmm. even though again off raw charisma like i was there for wow. winning you know yeah. what i mean oh, so fine. like yeah. <laughs> I, now that you tell me that you know she didn't have any uh lessons they literally like no come in as you it, she's it, it it's also a testament to her talent mm-hmm. in general she was she was so talented and she was able to at least make me believe that she was like a the star of this level because she kind of mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. a star on that level like she's playing a Whitney Houston mm-hmm. type yeah or at least like somebody who's at that level of fame in 1992 because like what that's like I'm your baby mm-hmm. tonight yeah Whitney so I'm every woman's on that record mm-hmm. so she's like you know the, she's that person yeah um, and I think that's what gets you through the acting scenes. Mm-hmm. That's what's like, oh yes, yes, she is selling those singing scenes. Yeah, but when it's just her, like, you know, you know, doing whatever is demanded of her on mm-hmm. the day, she carries it at, at least to a believable degree. Mm-hmm. I'll say. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, Cameron, you can you can speak to this. Like, I think some people might look at a role like that and just say oh well they're just asking her to be Whitney Houston so like that's not that hard but like oftentimes it could be even harder to play yourself mm-hmm. or like play right. a version of yourself yeah. because like you're still having to think and you know act and perform in a way that's like maybe a step removed from who you are mm-hmm. or how you would actually right. re- respond to a situation and so like to just kind of naturally like read lines or like, you know, do things on set that aren't necessarily things that you would do. Mm-hmm. And then to have them come off as just like, oh yeah, you know, just like this is a believable situation. Natural. Yeah. Like I think there is some innate talent in there that's not just like because there's plenty of people who you see in things and you're just like, even though you are either <laughs> just playing yourself or like not you know, playing a specific kind of character, like you probably shouldn't be in a movie. Right, right. No, <laughs> you you're know. right. You're right. Rihanna, um, in what's the dancing movie? Um, you got served. And it was she played no. herself, it was a quick was it her or was that Lil' Kim? Either way, I was like hmm? this, thing, this, <laughs> this part is like two minutes long because this is not good, but yeah. I... Well, I mean, in the in the movies where LL Cool J in the very beginning, early was like, "Hey, just be LL Cool J." It's still kind of like, "What's happening?" That's not a real person. <laughs> no, this is fake. I... He ain't real. No. Um, I guess in terms of just behind the scenes, I mean, we've kind of covered a number of things already, just in terms of um, you know, the original casting and some of the ideas behind it um you know like we didn't get to talk about i guess two things which are one something that didn't happen and one something that's potentially gonna happen and i think that will lead us into to the remake is that um there was a suggested and canceled sequel Mm. which was going to happen uh and was going to star I, I I would ask you to guess, but I, there's literally no way you could guess who was going to be Kevin Costner's co-star. It was going to be Princess Diana. 
who apparently was a friend of Kevin Costner what? and was set to star in the sequel. And the draft of the film arrived the day before she died. Um, so after she passed, they just didn't go through with any proposed sequel. But that would have been wild in many different ways. What the hell? Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's my only. I, but, I can only respond like that. But you know what? I could see it. Like, because if if you look at um, what's the what's the what's the Netflix show? Damn, what's the girl? Uh, no, 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 no. Um, uh, that one was the girl good. who on the beach. God damn it, I can't remember now. But it's a franchise. But it follows the detective where initially you thought it would follow that girl. I could see oh, okay. them like that would have been an interesting because even if we got like a Whitney Houston, who's the biggest of the biggest, then you get Diana. What other princess is doing what Diana was doing back then? Then let's say you get an elite. Yeah. Or let's say you get a, I don't know, Shania, a Taylor Swift. Like I could see that. That would be, but what? Being like a cool franchise. Yeah, where you take actual people who are literally at the top of their industry and give a more exaggerated version of them and what happens behind the scenes. Yeah, but damn. That actually Diana? would have been crazy. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just wild that it would be literally Princess Diana. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. not like somebody portraying, you know, like a... a version of her but like literally like the actual princess I would watch that. in a movie that would have been a weird that would have been a surreal uh, thing oh. so but that also goes to show that they could have cast a white woman I mean it, it wasn't like any, yeah. inherently based on anything it's just what Houston something that they, they saw the potential and the charisma but they weren't willing to write mm. her into the movie in that way like they kind of just had already settled on the character I mean, I'm honestly impressed that we ended up landing on Whitney Houston or a black woman in yeah. general. Well, again, I mean, it's, it's impressive. It seems, I mean, Diana Ross being the initial casting choice twice, mm-hmm. you know, right? I don't know. I don't know if there's anything. It just seems weird that you went two times for Diana Ross, possibly. Mm-hmm. But then we're also like, but this movie doesn't have anything to do with race or like, isn't going to because it was both times it was a white man and a mm-hmm. black woman. So like that's a choice. That's a conversation. Somewhat decided upon that, and at every moment, right? If you had made that movie in the seventies, like race, mm-hmm. big topic of discussion. You made that movie uh, in the nineties, race. You know, I mean, like Rodney King wasn't far off. <laughs> you know, so like I, I don't know how that happens, and then there's not any like nod to it, or even just like we're gonna talk about the elephant in the room and move past it they just kind of didn't even acknowledge Weird. it but coming up this was announced uh two years ago now uh 2021 but it was announced that matthew lopez the tony nominated playwright of the inheritance has been hired to write a reimagining of the iconic Whitney Houston film the bodyguard right and so it seems like they're moving forward with some version of it there hasn't been a lot of follow-up announcements Lord about what it potentially will be or who will star in it or any of that. But if you had to cast the bodyguard mm-hmm. and make in it 2023. 2023 and make some tweaks or changes, how would you reimagine this movie, Rain? Oh, Lord. Um, in 2023, I want a just as exaggerated world. Um, 
<laughs> I would love to implement those changes I said earlier where you actually focus on the person and not on the bodyguard. And truly, I think, top of my head, Solange plays the Rachel Mary character. Um, I feel mm-hmm. like once she has the range, the vocal ability, it may not, it, it might, not Whitney, but the eclectic, artsy type person, and you make it make sense. I feel like I would maybe even, oh God, I would maybe even have it be a limited series. But because we mentioned there's so many different things happening mm-hmm. in here that I feel like in order to make all of this stuff work, you need more than two hours. Um, but I would say Castellange, mm-hmm. um, and if he's, and I don't want no Kevin Costner, give me some, I don't know, Louis Tan, let him be the bodyguard. Like, give me something other than a white man and a black woman. Um, and mm-hmm. Solange has a kid, so I feel like if we're just letting these actors just be themselves, <laughs> she would have some changes <laughs> to that swimming list son of hers. But um, yeah, I would probably cast Solange for sure. Um, maybe mm. said in Atlanta <laughs> or New Orleans. She's she's <laughs> Creole, so in New Orleans and and kind of go from there. But yeah, I, final answer. Final answer. Okay. <clears throat> Cameron. I don't. Yeah, I, I, I'm agree with with you, Rain, about no mm-hmm. no white man, black woman <laughs> thing. Mm-hmm. No. Um, but it is like you know, I do like I I like the notion mm-hmm. of colorblind casting, like doing it not necessarily without intention, but without trying to push mm-hmm. narratives. I feel. Um, bodyguard. Solange was an interesting choice. Mm. I would have. I'm. I'm more basic. I would have been Beyonce, and of course, Beyonce would have wanted to. <laughs> I go see that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I would go see that. Um, but I think it's a. It's oh. easy. It's on the nose. Maybe. Maybe somebody like. SZA mm. seems like she want to make. Yeah, movies. that Kill Bill was. <laughs> I, mm. Okay. We say that for another conversation. <clears throat> Whew, it's hot in here all of a sudden. Uh, so SZA. And yeah, maybe like... um, You said Asian, man. What's... 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 Uh, what's what's homeboy's name from Shang-Chi? Uh, Simulu. I think Simulu. I think that's Simulu. I like him. Simulu and, and SZA. Okay. Um, and and yeah, we talk about race. They talk about race in this movie. So, the problem is Whitney Houston, right? Like, whoever is going to come up and play the role, like, the expectation is you are going to be a phenomenal singer. And there are no more Whitney Houstons. That was a one-on-one. And like, you know what I mean? There are, <laughs> that was a there are powerful singers. There are great singers. You know what I mean? And there are people that could do it. I think you might possibly have to get like mm. a Broadway because it would be like Jennifer Hudson would have to, yeah. she's the closest. Yeah. The I, person who can oh, belt. Can yeah. Her. You know, and like, I could see her doing she, this. I could definitely yeah. see Jennifer Hudson do it. She could be a good yeah. fit. I think 
Janelle Monet can't sing mm-hmm. like Whitney Houston. Um, she can sing. Yeah, she can Yeah, it's a different kind well, of. Well, she hasn't proven. She hasn't proven. Yeah, she don't belt. She can like belt it out, but there's like that's. I mean, Whitney had Whitney had the octaves. Whitney had the power. Whitney had the control. Like you, it's not everybody has mm-hmm. all of the things together. You know. Yeah. Um, and so I think you know, there's other like. I don't know because she said some things recently, so we'll have to. But like Cynthia, Cynthia Revo is a singer and like mm-hmm. a performer. Um, she could do something like that, but you know, there's there's people who it's just like no matter Other people mm-hmm. want to work too, right? Like <laughs> American, but it's also Black like American. no, she's getting everything. No matter who you choose, yeah. it's always going to be something. that specter of Whitney Houston hanging over them. So like. I think whoever it is, you're kind of just going to have to do the role, you know what I mean? And not think too much about doing, you know, your best Whitney Houston impression, but like just do your own thing. And Oh, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't want to jump in. I I think another thing that you could do to kind of circumvent that, get around that, is continue it literally from the bodyguard's point of view as the main character and go the Diana route or go the route of I'm not recasting Rachel Marin. I'm giving you a different character. I would even say make it a queer story and make it a man. Um, because that, yeah. that way you establish that mm-hmm. it is a franchise. You you put enough space between Whitney and then the third season or third mm-hmm. installment, whatever woman you have to be the Rachel Marin type. And you can change the story or even switch yeah. around. Make Kevin's character a woman. You know, women are bodyguards too, so... I will say though that, and I like both of those ideas. But if mm-hmm. I had to choose a bodyguard, it would be I would I would double dip in the moonlight pool. Either give me Trevante Rhodes or give me both. Andre Holland, both. Uh, both. because I want both. both of them to work more, and <laughs> I want to. I think both of them could play the role because I think both of them have that ability to kind of be. I mean, the problem with the actual bodyguard role is that he is also like listening to. Lawrence Kasdan and Kevin Costner, like it's a lot of toxic mm. masculinity wrapped up in the idea yeah. of this character. It's like, you know, well, he's he's a stoic, silent type. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't. He's not going to let this woman just push him around just because she's a celebrity and all of this stuff. And I was like, okay, <laughs> great <laughs> that he's yeah. tough. I don't know what that has to do with anything. Uh, and so, you know, I think both of them have the ability to play. You know these male figures who have layered complexity to them. You know, so it's not just like they they have the mm-hmm. appearance, right? You know, like Trevante specifically in Moonlight was like, wow, look at this like very you know like dynamic mm-hmm. Jack looking guy, but also like look at all the <laughs> right, layers right. beneath him. You know, this complicated character that he's built in mm-hmm. only just a few scenes. Like he's not you know, in that movie for as long as you think he might be, he's only just Mm -hmm. the end. Um, And so I think that is kind of what you want from the character. Also way more attractive than Kevin Costner. Way more believable that a woman would look at Trevante Rhodes and say, Mm -hmm. damn. (laughs) 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 Then Kevin Costner, Audrey Holland as well. Um, But yeah, I think that that would be the casting as far as the movie. I mean, again, like, you got to decide what you want to do. Is this a movie about, you know, a romance between two people who 
you know, it develops because there is such a close proximity to each other. And like, you know, uh, he saves her life and then there's just like an attachment mm-hmm. that's formed. Um, but, you know, there's kind of a, a barrier holding them across from each other. Or is it a movie where a man puts a gun into a camera and <laughs> shoots somebody at the Academy Awards? Because I don't How know do if it could be both. <laughs> I don't know. Right, it's it's it looked like it was duct taped to the side <laughs> of the camera. There, I mean, I literally would have passed by, like, been at the Oscars, like, cool, and like, oh, let me get my seat. Wait, is that a right. tape to <laughs> your camera, sir? Well, and the, the idea that, like, yes, the Academy Awards are a busy place. There's a lot going on. You know, like the producers are running around, but also like the yes. cameraman yes. is like the like if he doesn't have the shot. Like the producer is mm-hmm. screaming at him and maybe going to find him. So if that camera is not an actual yeah, working you camera, nice, <laughs> there, there's mm-hmm. no reason why you're standing down. The there. laser sight is coming out of the lens. I have no reason to mm-hmm. believe somebody sees that. Somebody <laughs> yeah. sees the lasers on her face. So it's I don't know how he was able to do that, but yeah, you got to choose what you want the movie to be. Is it like it's fine to be a a, a kind of trashy thriller? you know, situation with some romance thrown in. It's fine if it's a dramatic movie, you know, and, and, a, and a big sweeping romance, but, like, you can't have him jumping out of a car and, like, dolls blowing up and <laughs> all of this stuff alongside, you know, like, this God with the hey. wind type, like, epic rope. Like, those two things don't, you know, kind of merge together. Um, but enough about our opinions. Let's see what everybody else had to say about The Bodyguard. We're going to play our favorite game, Rain, going through all of the different aggregate review sites, starting with IMDb. (laughs) What do you think The Bodyguard currently has out of 10? Shit. Okay, it's a nostalgic film. It's got a bunch of Razzies, you see it? A bunch of Razzies. Okay. I'm going to say a six or a four. I'm going to go with six. I'm going to go with a six. I'm going to go with a six. Okay, Cameron. Yeah. Oh. Damn. Yeah. I think I'm gonna. I'm Come gonna, on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna copy off your paper. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give it a six. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Six point three. So close. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. It felt yeah. Too, like six felt right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it's not a great movie. Mm-hmm. It's. But there are cool parts in it. It's a weird film. Because I think there is a lot of I think a lot of people viewed it through the lens that yeah. we initially viewed it through, where mm-hmm. there's this is nostalgia. I remember this. Uh, I will always mm-hmm. love you. Which again, like I have nothing. This hey. song they are pushing in the you hear it six <laughs> times in the movie. Yeah, there's even like a, yes. a transition mm-hmm. to a piano cover of it, right? Yep. You know, but yep. like all anybody remembers is. I will always love you. It's true. And we've dumped on Kevin Costner a lot, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. rightfully so. But according to him and everybody else involved in the movie, it was Kevin Costner's idea for that song to start a cappella and then have the music build in. Um, So we do have to give him credit for that because there is that that opening with it. It's Mm -hmm. just her voice is just like. It's nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, 
it's back and forth. Some people are like, yeah, this movie's <laughs> not great. But <laughs> uh, there are a lot of people that are still kind of captivated by, mm-hmm. you know, just Whitney Houston's presence, the music, um, and even kind of like enjoying it as oh, yeah. like, trashy, you know, mm-hmm. thriller kind of kind of style. Mm-hmm. So yeah. moving over to Rotten Tomatoes, out of 100%, what do you think The Bodyguard currently has? I want to say 57. Okay. Cam? I'm going to say 50. 38%. Oh. Uh, oh that is upsetting. Is not like that this one. <laughs> 38% uh, critic score, 64% audience score. Um, okay. So, you know, there are some people who are, you know, not even just like talking about it glowingly but you know they're like it's it's still a lot of the soundtrack mm-hmm. it's still a lot of like kevin costner is a hot actor at the time and you know like mm-hmm. up and coming and hot. so i mean there's there's just a lot of like people who are into them mm-hmm. but then there's other people like peter rader from the los angeles times who was like just about everything that could go wrong with this film does and yet it's compulsively watchable so is a train wreck um, <laughs> um so i feel like there there was a, a bit of both where people were like not necessarily into different aspects of the movie uh a lot of people again did not enjoy whitney houston's performance for various reasons some people mm-hmm. there there's even you know a story about them having to do some recuts just because of mm-hmm. negative reaction to her from a, a audience screening mm-hmm. uh so Racist. <laughs> um, but and, and there was just a lot of like Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston don't have belie- believable chemistry, and mm-hmm. like this is supposed to be a romance, and that's not. I'm not buying it. Yeah. Um, as we did say, they did get a lot of Razzies, and one of them was for Kevin Costner's hair. Uh, I think a lot of people were also just like, "Bro, what are you doing?" Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> I agree. Stephen Queen wasn't the look. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's a... But now we come to our, our absolute favorite, one Amazon.com. Oh, what do you think out of five stars the bodyguard currently has? You know what it has. Because it's mm-hmm. on Prime, I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it four stars. Four stars? Cameron? Five stars, baby. Again, it's one of those technicalities. It's 4.7. Mm. So it's giving you the four and a half star fill out, but it's got 84% five stars. So uh, yeah. that's yeah, basically five. So I might as well be five stars. No, truly. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I feel like people will see this movie or Amazon reviewers are like, damn, that was fun. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's it's eighty four percent five stars out of nine thousand five hundred ninety seven reviews. So I mean, that's still like, it's yeah, yeah, that's a lot of people. So yeah, I I think again, you get the Whitney Houston of it all. People really enjoy, you know, just see her, and and it is seeing her now, you know. I think is you can't help but just be charmed mm-hmm. by her, and oh, and yeah. like, oh yeah, you know, want to be into the movie and want to enjoy it simply because you're getting the chance to see her again and listen to her sing again and mm-hmm. all of this stuff. But at the same time, like, it's a messy movie. It's <laughs> like it's. You know, you can't really deny those facts, no matter how much you want to love Whitney. Um, so now it's our turn to rate it on the Caucasity ranking scale. Rain, as you know, three levels of Caucasity, starting out with shorts in the winter, 
you know, it's it's been a weird winter because we've gone up and down and back yeah, and forth. Same, and like, same you, know, here, yeah. you know, had had a lot of days where it's like, boy, it is thirty degrees outside or less. And other days, like later this week, it's supposed to be like fifty-seven degrees. So who knows what to do? But when you look at your phone and it does say thirty degrees, there's a little snow, you know, mm-hmm. symbol on there, like. You can you know what it is outside, yeah. you know, like I'll give you a little bit of a benefit of the doubt if you're not all the way, you know, bundled up because yeah. maybe you thought it was going to be like yesterday. But you cannot go outside and say, yeah, I don't give a shit right. <laughs> what the weather says. I am wearing shorts regardless because that's, that's just my personality. I don't know. But they definitely are 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 added i've seen i've seen shorts i've seen sandals i've seen t-shirts i've seen all kinds of combinations where you know built different you know you're wrong right yes. I, I don't even know if they're built differently they're just you know you there, we go. there we go <laughs> um but that's not a offense you know of the highest level it is more of a curiosity mm-hmm. you have to be cold but maybe you are trying to prove something i don't really know what's going on uh but it's not hurting me it's not even really bothering me i'm just confused as to what's going on Mm -hmm. cameron what's the second level the second level of caucasity is uh this movie's touching my hair now this movie has entered your space definitely confused about what's going on top of your hair you know there's a texture thing that they're confused by but before they you know ask the question or maybe ask permission mm-hmm. they're already touching oh, your wow. hair and then we got problems i mean you probably did your best to avoid it they but you still. know again invading oh, your space yeah. right right you did the head well, whoa what, what you doing yeah. Yeah, I get it. but you know you your best attempts failed, and the hand is in your hair, and then it's a then there's a viol- there's mm-hmm. a violence, there's a problem. Absolutely, not necessarily like I gotta come for nobody, yeah. but you know, pretty bad. I hate it. Um, and the third level of caucasity, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, we have to be serious now. Uh, is the LAPD because they still happening are terrible in general, but uh, again, earlier this month. Uh, Keenan Anderson, who was a school teacher, yeah. was flagging down the LAPD, uh, seemingly was going through some kind of crisis, was asking for their help, seemingly needed help. They proceeded to... He was to, in a car accident. He was in a car accident. Yeah. And he needed medical attention. You know, like, I have gone out of my way many a time to not watch yeah. videos now because I don't Same. necessarily want to, but... Even watching this, like hearing what he was saying, it seemed like he was not manic, but like something was happening with him post car accident, but also like, you know, seemingly having having something going on that probably required more tact Mm -hmm. and care and humanity than the LAPD or police in general are capable of giving anybody, specifically black people. Uh, And so instead of helping this man, they restrained him. And then proceeded to tase him multiple times. Then he passed out of a cardiac arrest at the hospital, to which the LAPD said that there were drugs in his system. And that was the cause of death, not the multiple tasings, uh, which we could talk about this for 
another hour or so. But just to say that if you are not just tasked with the, the health and safety of citizens in general, but police themselves will tell you repeatedly that they are not equipped to deal with mm-hmm. most things that they encounter. Right. They don't want to do it. They are tired of doing it. And their training more than anything else is that they need to get home safely and to approach every situation as something antagonistic and something in which they are just guarding themselves against physical threat from citizens. And yet when you sign up to be a police officer, one, it's a job that you don't have to right. do. Nobody's making you do no it. You're not being drafted no to be the police. For you to do it. Secondly, the entire gist of your job is that you are encountering people during their worst moments. Yep. That's the only reason you have been called. Mm-hmm. Nobody's calling right. you because something good has happened or they just want to high five somebody or, you know, hang out. You know, they're calling you because there is a crisis. Mm-hmm. And when black and brown people call you, it is a legitimate crisis because we honestly don't want to call you or yep. <laughs> the last dish mm-hmm. effort. Something has happened. And oftentimes when we do call you, because there's only one number to call, 911, we will specify that we do not want you. We need medical attention. Mm-hmm. We need a, a, a mental health professional mm-hmm. or somebody. And yes. yet because of how a lot of laws are structured, they still send you anyways. And so this is a situation where if you knew that this man possibly had something going on, you're not a medical professional, you don't know anything about that, and you know, I'm sure, I would hope, you've been trained that if somebody is seemingly on a substance of some sort, even if you have a suspicion, don't tase that person. Come on. Come on. <laughs> because it might make it worse, right? Instead, and it's another situation where... What's the what's the worst that happens if this man just walks away from you? You've seen him, right. you know his face, you probably got his license plate. Still go home. Easy to find. You can find him if you need to find him, if there's a reason to find him. What is the need to not only incapacitate him? Take, he got on the ground willingly when you approached him. Like right. that was the first thing he did. Then he was crying for help multiple times. Then he said that you're going to George Floyd me. On camera, wouldn't that wouldn't that <laughs> stop you if it's caught on your body camera? And yet you that continued trying to George Floyd to do that. So, LA to the point yeah. where you kill him. So, and this was apparently the third person who they had killed, bro. What this month? Oh my God, <laughs> we're not even in the. And the not even really in the year. and the only reason we know it is because he is cousins with Patrice Cullors, who is one of the founders <sighs> of Black Lives Matter. So if he was just a random black man, this may have not even been news. How many of them are dead this know? year because of that? Because the other people were not. I only learned about them through his death. You know what I mean? So LAPD, the worst. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. maybe tied with NYPD, tied, tied with the NYPD, Sh- Chicago PD coming in third. Yeah. Uh, but all three of them, no bueno, right? Mm-hmm. But like, it's it's a situation where you knew you you knew, mm-hmm. right? Like this was malice, a forethought. They knew exactly what they were doing. Mm-hmm. 
they had every opportunity to not do what they did. They continued to do what they were doing. You can't say I don't I don't know people's minds and hearts, but I do know if somebody was begging me to stop doing something and seemingly was begging for their life, maybe I would not continue to accost them mm-hmm. and tase them and hurt them. Especially if my job is to not do that. Right. Um, right. <laughs> so you, you you should. It's funny how cops don't think of their jobs as like oh, I shouldn't probably like kill people. No, it's a license to kill. That's what it is. You know, that's really what they say. So the the most third level maybe we've ever had uh, is is LAPD and just police in general. So of all of those, right? <laughs> coming back to. Yeah. A little bit of levity. What do you think the bodyguard gets? Uh, I'm going to have to go with LAPD. I'm going to have to. um, Because you've moved past the story, whether you like it or not. Whether you think it was poorly done, whatever. It's still a movie that was made that has a beginning, middle, and end. Some people like it, some people don't. But making the character black, banking on it being Whitney Houston... Now you're getting into my personal space. Now I'm invested as a black person. (laughs) On top of that, she is a token black person in her own movie. Though it's not, it's Kevin Costner's movie. She is the second lead or supporting lead or whatever, but she's a token black person in her own movie. And then the black people that are there don't hold any real power. And then the ones who do use their power to kill her. And it's her own blood. So like, I, I can't, and then she dies. Yeah, like immediately. And then even, <laughs> it's like, no, I'm the one that, like, talking extremely loud in this house that you're unfamiliar with. Nobody heard yeah. you shouting, I what? hate my sister and it should be me. And I hired, like, it's just, it's, I, I, if you had have just made her black and not have the sister be involved, then maybe I would have bumped it at a, at a two. But, like, she's involved. There's been an explosion already. You could have killed your nephew before. Like this one time, now you're like, eh. yeah. it's messy. Even the way she found the hitman was like, even in my comic book wired brain, this makes no sense. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm high off something at a so I have to go with LAP. <laughs> I have to go with because like who's taking me seriously as a seemingly drug addict talking about please kill the most famous pop star of the day and somebody was like bet i'll do that so yeah no i gotta go with the lapd sound cool i gotta (laughs) cameron what about you damn i kind of was well yeah i i I was gonna say the movie was touching my hair maybe touching my hair 0.5 until you said that honestly It, it be your own family sometimes but like i don't feel like this movie is smart enough to understand like the nuance of it being your own family mm-hmm. sometimes and doesn't understand its own optics, which is your fucking movie. <laughs> it's really all about the optics. <laughs> and success, you know, aside, I don't know. It just like, it just seems like This is my conspiracy theory brain. It just feels like it's pushing narratives that it doesn't fully understand. The movie doesn't fully understand. And like, if you're going to be a movie, right? A major motion picture distributed by a major motion picture distributor. 
you have to understand what things look like and how things feel for multiple sets of people. Like, you can't not do that. Nasty. I'm not going to put out... Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm not going to put out movies about, like, sexual abuse and, like, just right. do it willy-nilly. I'm not going to put out movies about racial injustice to do it willy- mm-hmm. willy-nilly. So it's just, I, I kind of have to give it the LAPD. Fuck. Sorry, my cat is like. <laughs> she heard you talking. She was like, "Oh, like, I heard that." <laughs> that <nigga's> <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I mean, you you both talked me into third level. I think <laughs> that the more that I think about it, you know, this is a movie that stars Whitney Houston, who is arguably one of the most dynamic and like popular stars of the 90s but just generally she is iconic you give her a role in which she is basically just her main like let's ask this question what does rachel want and why is it frank yeah (laughs) is that her main want so in a movie where she's being stalked and potentially assassinated her main concern and desire is frank yep She's not yeah. concerned about living. She's not concerned about her son. She doesn't really seem that concerned about her sister, even after she dies. And like, not even necessarily, like her career seems up there, but I don't know if she'd throw it away for Frank, but she definitely is like more concerned with his devotion to her and their potential relationship to the point that she would sleep with a random man to get back at him to get back at him yeah even though seemingly the the sequence of events is that time that they slept together was maybe if not the night before Mm -hmm. like at least a day removed and now she's already ready to so she's erratic she doesn't seem to have any real general motivations or like Mm self-interest like somebody's trying like it's not somebody's trying to kill you somebody blew up the dressing room you're yep. in somebody left and i know in the beginning they tried to make it seem like they were keeping things from her so she wasn't aware of a dude jerking off on her bed or like death notes but she seemingly had a lot like mm-hmm. they went through in the beginning where frank is trying to like narrow it down like she had at least 60 death threats that she got in the yeah. mail so one your team is shit Very. because they're not prioritizing your safety <laughs> but two you know like you are this isn't like stalker 101 like somebody has made an actual attempt to kill mm-hmm. you you should probably be more concerned about that and specifically about your child safety there we go. and like for all of that to be second third even fourth to this white man who again fine right like not you know of the time he's not patrick swayze you know what i mean like he's not tom cruise like he's not somebody Mm -hmm. that you're just like damn like Mm -hmm. maybe i would give it all up for a piece of that you know like it's kevin costner (laughs) (laughs) keep it so for all of that combined it's just kind of like oh man i love whitney and i don't want to put her on the third level but I also will absolve her of this because I don't think any of this is her mm-hmm. fault. She wanted to be in the movie. They asked her to be in the yes. movie. She's an incredible singer. I feel like it's not necessarily a Tupac situation. Mm. Where like I think Tupac would have gotten an Academy Award if he had actually 
focused on acting yeah. and like kept pursuing mm-hmm. that because you see glimpses of it and some of his performances where he's not only showing like a dynamic range but like convincing yeah like, everything he does convincing, convincing you know what i mean and choices yeah whereas i think whitney would have been a successful actress i don't think she would have been like you know maybe viola davis level mm-hmm. you know but like she would have been like yeah you know, you see people. I mean, you can you see Jennifer Hudson, you see Jill Scott, yeah. you see all these other women who are like, they're. I, I'll watch them. They're good. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you know, some of them, depending on the role, like I might see the movie to see them. Mm-hmm. Jenna Monet, you know, what I mean, like I, Glass Onion was great. Good to see her. You know, she she was really great in Glass Onion. That okay. was surprising. And in, and in fact, that that would be my recommendation to watch, as opposed if you're if you're wanting to see an actress, she isn't good to sing in the movie, but like, but. You know, she is besides uh, Daniel Craig. Besides Daniel Craig, she is the driving force of the Ooh, movie. Okay, um, I'm gonna watch that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, absolutely. I feel like it's it's definitely a throwback. I think people have kind of trashed on it because they were expecting like a Sherlock level mystery of like all these kind of like machinations, where it is really just like, no, this is like an Agatha Christie. Mm-hmm. Like you know, yeah, not, yeah like her, her her books weren't necessarily these like long winded, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like you gotta you gotta follow all the, like there was clues, it was a mystery, but really it was just like the the fun of it was the the telling and mm-hmm. like you know like following the characters around less than like you gotta have this unsolvable mystery and I think <laughs> that's kind of what Glass Onion is where it's like who who done it. It's not like it's not central mm-hmm. to the plot, but you're still more captivated with the characters, the relationships, yeah. and all these other things going okay. on. Um, but yeah, what would you guys recommend instead of The Bodyguards? It, uh, it could be anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, maybe um, Carmen a Hip Hopper. Because mm. I, I feel like, Ooh. though it's still it's camp, it is camp, you're still getting yeah. like songs. You're getting, especially if you're someone born after, like in the 2000s, like you're born, I think it's not going to give you one for one same feeling, but I think you get a lot more bang for your buck and it's still campy and over the top. So I would say Carmen the Hip Hopper. Cameron? Uh, I'm going to say Megan. (laughs) Ah, yes. And it's written by a black woman. So (laughs) I love that movie. Somehow. That, that was, was a superhero movie. That was not a horror. That was not a horror. <laughs> horror. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not a horror movie. Uh, it is hilarious though. Bruh. In parts, I was guffawing, laughing. Like <laughs> I mean, in parts. Yeah, I ruined the movie for everyone in my theater because I could not stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> had a great, had a great time. And Absolutely. Yep. Yep. So, so mm-hmm. go support. I will also throw out two other movies because Whitney Houston did go on to do other films, mm-hmm. such as The Preacher's Wife. Um, a, a classic, also banger soundtrack. Banger soundtrack. And she did the, I forget exactly when, it, I want to say 1999 Cinderella. Oh, yes. Rogers and Hammond's And that's another, oh, that's like, one. just, yeah, you know, you get Brandy and Whitney, Thank they you. sing together. Come on. Yes, like, that's what you want. On. So. And they kill it when they mm-hmm. say that too. They're, they're Oof, impossible. So impossible. you know, Whitney Whitney was still out here, still doing some things, and I think she you know had a successful career mm-hmm. 
you know, on the acting side as well, mm-hmm. you know, with those, those follow-up films. So, um, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us today. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us as always. Appreciate you. it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, let everybody know what you got going on, where they can find you on the internet. Oh, yeah. Um, hit me up. Thanks again for having me on here. I do appreciate it. Good times, good times. Um, hit me up on Twitter and TikTok at Carefree Blur. That's like the most immediate way to get in touch with me. Um, doing some reviews. It's the new year. I'm trying to restructure some things, but I have a, a new show every Sunday and probably more throughout the week. But TikTok and Twitter, Carefree Blur, that's, that's where I'm at most of the time. Absolutely. Cam, what you got going on? All right. Uh, you can find me on TikTok and Twitter at TheBlipster1138. Still on social media <laughs> for some reason. Um, got, something I, I, got something I can talk about, just can't oh. talk about it yet. So when I know that I can talk about it, there might be something cool that y'all might want to check out. Nice. Um, and I'm Jordan Clark. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JRSOSA18, JRSOSA18. Um, comics coming soon. Red Sonia, Hell Sonia wrapping up soon. Uh, third issue coming out next month. Then you have coming out at the end of this month, January 31st, the DC Power uh, Comics Anthology from DC Comics celebrating all of their black heroes. Uh, and then I've got a few more books in the works. So we'll, we'll talk about those soon. But if you want to reach out to us, you can reach us on Twitter at white underscore pod. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Let us know uh, what you think of the bodyguard, <laughs> who you would who you would cast instead of Kevin Costner. Uh, same thing. You can reach out to us at white people won't save you pod at gmail.com uh, with all of your thoughts and things of that nature. And we'll be back next week with more caucasity. Peace. Peace. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved.